Good job, LJN. Every now and again, even a blind squirrel finds a nut. The... <laughs> the Imperial Skulls of Honor podcast, I'm Josh Folman. And I'm Jay Baxter. And we are going to be bullshitting about the form of years of console gaming as we revisit the periodicals that covered it again! <laughs> Miss Jaffe just blew the whistle, so Todd is launching his brand new Nerf Turbo as high as he can in the schoolyard parking lot, and he's called it a full 500 ball. <laughs> All the marbles are on the line for this high step through Game Pro issue 18. Can you bring it down and capture the fleeting lunchtime recess glory it'll buy you, Loric Disciples? Oh, yeah. Link to the issue is in the show notes, as it always is. Please rate and review the podcast. If you post it, we'll read it here. Give us validation of self-worth or ridicules if it is also funny. And what are we jamming on now, Jay? What are you jamming on now? Do you remember? So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I do remember. That was not the issue. First thing I'm jamming on, Raiden 4 Mikado Remix. So... Flying Shooter, right? This is the Flying Shooter, yeah, right? Yeah, so last time we talked about... The predecessor, we had talked about its predecessor, Raiden 3, and I'd gotten both games. Um, I'd picked both up, thankfully, and Raiden 3 was always a, a blast. I actually decided, you know what, I'm going to I'm gonna try the fourth one. Let's, let's see what that's all about. And it's a lot of fun, man. It's it's what you would expect. It's similar to 3. I was just going to say, with, it's what it's all about. It's probably very similar to 3. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> very similar to 3, but then, you know, there's some, some weapon twists and changes. You have proton lasers that you can select in... Like, on each run, you can decide how you want your proton laser to form. Like, it can either split in three different, like, seeking rays, or it can, like, just do this twist thing where it kind of finds everything on the screen. It's kind of hard to describe, but uh, it's a blast. So, it that's really fun. Do they have <laughs> a... Because, like, I'm trying to... I'm always trying to understand, like, how could they advance this genre, playing no modern ones at all, really? Is there like a interesting, is it just a basic toggle or something to go through the different types? Or is there some sort of cool selection well, fucking menu no, this or one, system? <laughs> no, you, you have to select those at the beginning of each run. So like at the beginning of the game, that's all you do is select it. But then it's, remember, this is the type where it rotates through the different weapons. And each weapon you choose has an upgrade path. So it's if it's blue, if you grab it when it's red, it's like the spread weapon like you would see on Contra type of thing. If you grab it when it's blue, it's like a straightforward laser beam, which is the most powerful thing that there is. But if you grab it when it's purple, then it turns into like the photon beam that I talked about, which either spreads into three powerful beams or like it's this twisty thing, which like heat seeks everything in its path. And so that's pretty fun. And then they have the bombs as well. But they also have this overkill mode, which I don't really quite understand yet, where each enemy that you defeat, which like above a certain class, like not just tiny little ships, but like each enemy that's like of of a certain size has a meter once you defeat it. And like the quicker you defeat it, you get a higher overkill and that gets you more points, I think. And that those points, as I understand it, contribute to like a P getting like floating when an enemy gets defeated and the p basically is max power 
So once you get that, like you just are like the God walking amongst mere mortals. You know what I mean? So I think that's the way it works. And so that mode is fun. But another twist that they have in addition to like, obviously it's co-op. Um, you can have two people play at the same time, either on their same on separate screens doing their own thing and just like competing for score or, you know, clearly on the same screen together, which is how I like to play it with the kids. Yeah. And you have the option to, I think as you're playing along, the more you do, the more you can unlock. And one of those things is not just different ships, but a fairy. So instead of like a flying ship, you have, you can select to be this fairy. And I think there are multiple of them, but the fairy has different attacks. The fairy still has like, you know, the same power ups like land for the fairy that they do for the ship, but they act different. So instead of like the photon beam You're, being dude, like that. Are you, are you excited? Does the sound oh. of fairies like make you super excited? No, like, it's, it's, there's a, <laughs> that there's a game in this fucking issue that arrow, whatever it was from renovation yes. That yeah. has this exact thing where you turn it. It's got the robot and the ship, and you kind of you can switch between them interchangeably while playing. Uh, we'll we're obviously talk about it later, but like yeah. you're describing a game that I just played, and like, but this is far better. That game sucks. This I game is strongly what disagree. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! That <laughs> was we'll, crazy we'll, talk. We'll talk about that. But later. Yes, but no. I mean, this is like the fairies of the fairies of blast because like the photon instead of being like a laser. It's kind of like these bubbles that are really, like, they have a different flight path. It's almost like crop dusting, but they're, like, they detonate, so that's pretty cool. And instead of, like, the blue beam, she has, like, multiple beams, which kind of, like, track left and right. So it's it's fun because it adds, like, you know, another level of variability so you can switch things up as you as you go through. So that's that's been a blast, and I take offense to you comparing such a, a masterpiece to such a game that we will talk about later but now now i'm really really excited to talk about this free game later after that uh playing a lot of cod you know um zombies is still the game still my mode that i enjoy the most but man it feels like i don't know it feels like they need to add more content to it though like for a mode that like i know there's a lot in call of duty there's so many different modes you can do like i i enjoy them but zombies being like the mode that it is as as much room, I guess, that they have to play with. Like it's like a giant sandbox and there's so much that they can do and it's so much fun. But it's like there's not enough to keep you going for a game that's meant to be played all the time. You know, it's just I don't know. They need more. More bosses, more missions, more something. And I'm definitely not the type of person to ever like speed run a game and then tell a game dev like, Hey, that you need more content. Like I hate it when people do that. That's not me. But for something like this, that is a live service. It's meant to be played regularly. It just feels like, I don't know. We, I kind of come to it when you have good gear, you kind of come in with your friends. You're like, all right, guys, what's our, what's our motivation? What's our motivation this time? What are we going to do? You know, there's a couple things we can still do just, once we get our stuff together. But what you're gonna do. That's what I mean, it's oh, don't get me wrong. <laughs> don't get me wrong. Sometimes I just want to go in and grab, take the highest level gear I have and just mow everything down and just not even care and just that's it. But other times I want to actually advance and you know do new things. I'll see. Kill Jay, new I have good enemies. news for you. Subnautica <laughs> three is coming and we can do science and actually oh, feel man. accomplished at the end of our our co op. <laughs> 
uh, adventure together as opposed hey. to just killing a bunch of stuff and it feeling repetitive. So, hey, good news. if it is good co-op, news. that is that is one thing I will always say and one reason I love the gaming industry. If it is co-op, I will give it a try. Like let us let us I will try any adventure co-op together. If it sucks, that might only be one time, but I'll definitely give it a try. Well, I'll talk about it, but I <laughs> I think I don't I don't think I put it in here, but yeah, I have I have very interesting co-op news for something that I can't believe uh-huh. co-op for. Oh, I well, I cannot wait to talk about that. But one thing I have not been co-oping on is NBA 2K24. I have a love-hate relationship with this game. It's so good. Dude, it's so good. It's like... Every time play- you say NBA 2K, Dude, whatever. I know. You I, just I get have, a, like, a I have non-flashbacks of missing layups <laughs> is what I have. Dude, so that is what has been happening to me this last <laughs> week. This last week, I don't know what it is, man. It's like I'm playing the game. I have Shaq now. He dominates. It's great. But just like like the level of the amount of layups I've missed in a game, like I'm still winning by like 10, 12, but like they changed it enough to where you don't get like three stars in the mode I'm playing for defeating a team like at the highest mode. You just, you have to defeat a team at a certain level by like 15. So like missing those layups could screw you up. You end up winning by eight and you only get like two stars and I got to whole play this whole damn team again. And then I'm just like pissed off about it. I don't understand what's going on there. Somebody who's like great at NBA 2K, please let me know what I'm doing wrong. I've looked at the options. I'm like, what What am I doing wrong here? Like, what, I don't. Yes, I know that if you're wide open, you should always make it pretty much. But that's not even the case. If the more contested you are, the less like you are to make a layup. But sometimes, man, like LeBron is just going to he's, he's going to make a freaking layup over somebody who's 5'10". I'm sorry. Like, you're not going to tell me that dude is stopping him unless he's fouling LeBron. Like, get out of here. Like, get out of here. That's all I have to say about that. That's how I remember. Like, do you disagree? Like, do you disagree with that statement? Come on. Like, if uh, I'm guarding LeBron, like, he's he's getting a layup every time unless I, I don't like, know. do I've, some I heroic LeBron stuff. LeBron play this year. He's pretty old, but he's probably still not good. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And then last, man, the, the, the one thing that we have dipped our toe in, we haven't gotten too far in yet, but it's really exciting so far. Baldur's Gate 3. You started it. Yeah, we started it, man. We got back on it. Into it. We got back on it. Oh, chugging. yeah? Yeah, we're chugging into the... We're in Baldur's Gate now in the city, which is the... I think I probably already said is the seemingly the, what the whole third act is. And yeah, we're chugging. We're chugging. I, I think it'll get done. Nice. It nice. feels yeah. like it just needs to get done, though. I mean, I don't know. I, I am... Like, we kind of, like, we were, I told you we were kind of stuck, and, like, there was this really hard battle, and we did, we just needed to strategize better, and we were able to knock that out, and it kind of, it it gave us all this new purpose, and that nice. has reinvigorated me emotionally and mentally, you know, <laughs> that there's yeah. things on the quest log, I understand what they are, I see them, I see the end goal for them, and... You know, it's 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 given us some more motivation. You I know think, what to do. <laughs> that we yeah, we'd been kind of wavering for a while, which that's 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 probably the biggest thing about that game. And that was my that was the thing with the Divinity Sins. It's the same thing, you know, same company, same thing. So I think it's mm. it's in their DNA a little bit to just have so much going on that you can kind of, especially if there's any delay between when you're picking it up and playing it, 
you can kind of get a little bit of a oh, fuck. What is there? I don't even. Oh, what I do I do? Even? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I hate I that do? so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's probably the only gripe. But it's that is just it is just so involved. There's so many tangents and shit that like it's cool. I want that, but I also yeah, it's like gamer. You know, I want everything. Give me everything I want and make it perfect for me. Just me, <laughs> you know, which is obviously unrealistic. But it's just like yeah, it's just like uh, so too much. But not you know like I don't know. At times it's too much. And it feels a little bit like a job. Uh, wow. But it's good. I, de- I definitely have not gotten gotten to that level. Yet. I'll be surprised <laughs> if you finish it. The way you kind of fucking uh, ADHD around on games, I'll be super surprised if you finish that game. Hey, no, no, no. If, that, <laughs> if, if a game is meant to be finished, I will finish it. Like, there are certain games that I'm like, I'm getting into, I will play them, like, Play through Diablo, play through COD campaign, play through Starfield. You know, I'll definitely play through the games that I want to actually play through. Assassin's Creed, like, I, I will you play recording? through those. What's that? You yeah. recording? So that's that's the only thing. Like, as long as, she, I mean, that is the main challenge, is making sure we're both, are we awake, able, kids in bed, able to actually play together and, right. like, put the time in. So that's the only limitation. Like, and that's the thing, too. How it's long not, will that take? Yeah, it doesn't – it's it's not – that's probably one of the bigger impediments, especially if you're playing as, like, this regular co-op thing. I bet yeah. Jab would attest to this, too. Although they kind of do it seemingly more structured where they're like, oh, it's 9 o'clock on Thursday. So, you know, all that kind of, like, limbo. Yeah, that limbo goes out the window, whereas if you're doing it as a couple things, it's like, want a Baldur's Gate tonight? Like, sure, yeah, okay. And you finish dinner, you're like, mm. <laughs> uh yeah like because it is you can't just you know there's no point in jumping in for 27 minutes like it's it's yeah, a waste no, of time yeah. you're by the time that time is up you're not even you might not even have figured out what you want to do yet so yeah. it's it is very like if you you got to have at least uh you know an hour plus is i think absolute oh, minimum it's going to be like all right the kids are in bed all right it's 7 30 go time like i know we have two hours ish before any kind of tiredness starts setting in Right. We got to get going. So yeah, that's uh, the the real life friction might be the hardest <laughs> part about it more so than anything in game, but it is a long involved process. So it was funny though, like when when we first started, we we kind of we started so late in the night, like we started after we were already tired. It was after nine o'clock, oh, so we God, were yeah, building. Nice we built our character and everything. We we started going through. And we weren't that much paying attention. So, you know, we're kind of, we're tired. So we're just trying to fight. We're not paying attention to what is actually happening. And we just got, we were getting mopped up. We were just like, what is happening? Just, we got to go to bed. Just forget it. So like the next day we came back out and we we're like, oh, we were too tired to understand. These people are just fighting each other. We just need to go this way. And we were fine. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> and, dude, and that's, a, you know, that is, that is the coolest part about it. Is if you allow yourself, I already told you some of the like, when I first started that pushing that spider off the, the ledge, that whole story, like that game allows you a, a, a puzzle solving creative freedom that I don't know has ever been matched in that kind of game. You know, it's so not railroaded. And yeah. if you allow yourself to explore and try things and, you know, be creative and don't just, oh, I just got to kill this thing. Like, you know, because that is how those games can get and feel. That mm-hmm. game, you don't have to play it like that. There, There is almost always another solution to just fighting something, you know. So if you want to play that way, you can. And, like, there's different, you know, I want to, you know, I was trying to get into this room the other night. I'm like, you know, and I told you, you go off and do your own things. Like, you know, 
you don't have to stay together. You probably won't stay together a lot of times. Yeah, I noticed that too. Yeah, yeah, it's a divide and conquer vibe for sure. And you know, I was trying to get into like I had like got to this thing, and I'm like, okay, I can't. It, the it's the lock pick thing is too high for me to yeah. roll. I burn a bunch of fucking things trying like just trying to get lucky and and hit on it. I was like, fuck, I gotta figure out another solution. So I'm I'm off like trying to find a potion to fucking get it to up my thing on the roll, you know, and I'm like yeah. focused on that. And then I realize that Amy has wandered into the room via another means and like basically ruined my quest you know that i had been i she made it irrelevant yeah I, yeah i just dedicated like 90 minutes to like trying to solve this one problem oh, because i didn't even see or think of another avenue towards it and she wow. just wanders into it you know and fucking <laughs> solves the thing uh, totally uh, just by chance you know so like and that's the kind of you know she didn't open that door either she just got in another way so like you can fucking there's just so much freedom to it that it's that's part of the paralyzation, perhaps, is that there is not that linearity that you can just power through, but that's also what makes it cool, you know. So, dude, that's what I think that's also what made even getting the character skill selection set up. Like, oh, yeah, dude, every time I, I, I was thinking, like, you know, me, I'm always from the days of me and Courtney playing together with like starting with Guild Wars, like, I've loved. You know me, sorcerer, mage class. Let me just find the most damage, powerful, cool, like spell I can find. But man, looking at the types of spells, I'm like, wait a minute. This, yeah, man. Not this it's, pushes something. Wait, it this sucks this, having this, to pick this. Stuff. I'm like, yeah. wait a minute. I could do that. This could be useful. I'm like, that could be useful. That could be useful. Like, I could see all these random things which I normally wouldn't do. Because well, I'm that, always like, damage, damage, damage. That's, like, that's the positive side of it, perhaps. But the negative side of it is you don't know what all that does. And it's like, you know, it's like fucking making 18-year-old kids pick their fucking life track. And kind of like going to college. <laughs> like, you idiots. Like, this moron knows no, has no idea what they'll be good at or what they're best suited for or well, what they'll have an interest in <laughs> as an adult. Yeah. It sucks that you're making them make these choices right now, these uninformed choices. And that's kind of how the, a game like that is you know but there's also you don't that's kind of you know it, it allows you freedom to fucking that's kinda, kinda that's how off. i felt until i got uh until i leveled up a bit and got to replace swap skill and i was like oh great right let me swap this other one out that i ain't even using at all which i thought would be useful and now it's not yeah for this other but cool yeah you, you don't even have so to because cool. you you can develop the, the the gear will allow you to add things outside of maybe your class or race's native repertoire mm. you know so there is it's not total but there is a a very sizable amount of customization that you can introduce to characters even after you maybe tracked yourself a little bit uh yeah. somewhere that, you know like yeah i okay. i I started. I had tiefling ranger. Todd's a tiefling ranger, and oh, the you know, I mean that 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 lends itself to to kind of dexterity and stealth and stuff too. But I have I have really having thief capabilities in that game allow a lot of freedom. So <laughs> I have really stacked those things, but with both gear and kind of ancillary uh, skill choices to make him disposed towards stealth type things. You know, so. Ah, oh, that's, that's so fun. That's so yeah. funny. I, I I love hearing that because it couldn't be the opposite for me. Like I just I, I don't want a thief. I will be more powerful, 
or you know suave and diplomatic and like i will find a way but like thiefing uh, no i couldn't that's not me at all. well that's or, good or you know, i'll destroy you I'll histor- historically <laughs> it's i mean like it's the variability not, in choices you know it's it's less of a yeah sure i i it's less of a thing now of course as games get more complex but you know historically thieves are they're useless in these older in older games in particular you know eight it's like does that work like what's yeah the thief yeah really never yeah, yeah like the the thief in fucking that dungeons and dragons warriors of the eternal sun game i love on genesis so much is fucking useless so like <laughs> it's like you can't you know none of the shit they can't do any of the shit that you want a thief to be able to do just because there's not the systems aren't present for them you know this game has the systems though so like thief shit you can do some dirty ass fucking conniving shit and no one will know. <laughs> and that is that's the thing you want a thief to be yeah. capable of, to pull some shit and have no one find out, you know. Uh yeah. is and that's really interesting, you know. So No, I get it. I get it. It's just it's just not my jam, baby. Not my jam. Like even ESO, that. I will say ESO has some great like Thieves Guild quest line, like whole areas. And like I knew people in the guild who loved it. And they were like, I tried to get into it. Like, because, you know, why not? It's a game. I'm trying you all the stuff in the game. played it for 15 years. Why not right, try exactly. it? Right, <laughs> exactly. Of course, I'm going to try this stuff. But I was just like, this is a cool area. But, like, this whole sneaking around, I'm like, eh, just, eh, I'm good. I'd rather just go kill stuff. I, yeah, Skyrim, you know, I, I, I but understand. It's different. Elder is not, it's not exactly the same <laughs> thing, but it's close enough. Like, the, the I like the Thieves Guild storyline in Skyrim a lot. But, like, the actual functionality of thieving shit in that, it's first person, it's tough, man. That's... Yeah. You know, they need even even there. And we're talking what? That's what 2011. When did that come out? Whatever. So I mean, I guess that is almost 15, fucking 15 years ago. So that's a long oh, time yeah. ago. But yeah, they didn't ever figure it out for Skyrim. So bad comparison. <laughs> <laughs> okay, word. Well, like I said, I'm excited to hear your your journey through that because it's uh, there's just and that's like, there's just no way to have a replicable like a. There's no way for you to have the same experience, basically, too. So yeah. it's it'll be interesting to hear kind of a, a piecemealed out track and, and how things go for you. Because I'm sure there'll be, you know, there'll be road signs or what do you call that? Road post? Like, what, do you, what do you call that? Just like think, quest marker, sign yeah, post? Well, just like, yeah, whatever. There's, there'll be there'll be things along the way that you'll be able have, to talk about. Should yeah, be you'll, that'll be in common. But there'll be so many things connecting those that are completely off the fucking beaten path of my guy's deal that it'll be interesting to hear how those kind of intersect. Hey Amen. Yeah. Okay. Can't wait to can't wait to keep playing that. And then yeah, most of the other games I've I've started to dip my toe in a couple other games as well since, you know, these are all the games that I've played outside of the Baldur's Gate 3 with Courtney are all just pick up and play anytime games, you know, they're not really quest type of games. So um, dipping my toes in a couple, but I will save those for next time when I have more to report. But okay. just glad I'm able to start gaming a little bit more. Fair, fair. Days. See, I, I mixed it up a little bit uh, this uh, since the last episode too. Uh, I certainly played the shit out of Asgard's Wrath too, nearly a daily occurrence, and I mm-hmm. am back to and beyond my pre-save shit show debacle situation. Uh, and cooking right along. I got the the third character now, which was basically just right after where I got fucking I fucked up my game last time. And she's got all it's like this wooden this wood elf that has they all have a whole new weapon set. Uh, hers is a bow, and she's got this. She's got a shield too. I don't really shields. I don't really fuck with them. They're kind of 
Wait a minute, hold on. Is this your third? Or is this like the third character in your group, or is this like your third? No, you switch through? between them. Yeah, no, 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 you switch. You, you, okay. yeah. These games, you, your, your character is a god, and you possess these humans. Oh, the, okay, these, that's right, that's right. Yeah, so you possess these mortals in each one of the kind of. They're kind of like a, just a chapter, and you possess a certain mortal. You can use the different mortals once you've kind of gone through areas. There's all this like hidden shit to do with the other mortals and each thing that give replayability to each stage or gotcha. quest. Like or the whatever. Lego games. Gotcha. Gotcha. Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, hers is is a it's a bow and then she's got this projectile grenade thing that it looks you can just throw it and blow shit up. Uh-huh. Standalone, but you can also use it as like a shoot it or throw it and shoot it thing for more damaging attacks, you know, and that's a really, really cool mechanic uh, yeah. that none of the other two, uh, that the other two characters didn't have. So that's a fun thing. And each, you know, each time this happened with the second character too, who was more of a, she had this harp that is kind of a, it's a projectile weapon, but it's like a one handheld thing. And the motion for it is kind of like this. You're just like, flicking attacks you know as opposed to a more traditional bow thing mm-hmm. so um but each with each one of these you have like this yeah you, know, you first get the character and you're like it's harder because you don't know how to use these weapons yet you know so you go through this learning curve phase where you're kind of frustrated and shit and i <laughs> i absolutely did that with when i first got this character I was like this character fucking sucks and then like you know you, you play it for a while and you learn the nuances and you're like oh this is fucking great you know so yeah. i i've gotten past that initial stage with her and and cooking along and her her saga her chapter is in this lava zone this like really hmm. crazy ass lava wasteland deal that's what's really cool environment too so that's pretty fun and i got the last companion character there's five of those the last one's a boar i got that his puzzle function is eating these there's like all these grub hub things like these little fucking i don't know these little mounds that these grubs bury out of and they like you can see their faces they fucking smile at you and shit as you walk by (laughs) but uh he eats these things and like his whole like vibe is he's like he's like this happy fat man glutton type character and he eats these grubs and then can regurgitate them to change things in the environment they can like muck up automated roadblocks and clean the ooze off things to make them interactable and he's uh you know unlocks these environmental things and that's his his deal is like regurgitating this vomit shit onto them so that's pretty fun i guess yeah that sounded disgusting disgusting yeah for sure uh so playing plenty of that but i also yeah did some other shit too so power wash sim vr dropped a oh yeah dropped some dlc (laughs) so for six six bonus things jobs i guess they call them and that was totally free so that was pretty cool that it, they didn't charge oh, for it but okay. yeah it's like a mars satellite dish there's a few vehicles like a food truck and a backhoe like a excavator and a paintball arena i think there's one more i can't recall but you know so i've been for playing free? that a little bit come on yeah yeah a- amy yeah amy and i have jumped in we'll play that so that's a perfect like the counter to Baldur's Gate, just like 15, 20 minutes before bed kind of thing. Or uh, some of them are bigger than that, actually. But whatever the case, just jump in and do a, a contained thing. And it's incredible. You know, I've already told you, like, that's such a soothing 
cathartic (laughs) game to play. So uh, also been, I have a little bit left of my career mode on there too. So I've been tidying those jobs up also trying to finish that. And then, yeah, we got back in the Baldur's Gate and then yes, behind me, I, I don't know I just got like, it's, it's funny. Like I was just tirelessly playing the shit out of Asgard's Wrath because I needed to, I had to get back to where I was. Like I couldn't live with being existing in a place where I was behind where I where I lost that save so I was just nothing but that for fucking weeks and once I got to like the new area which should have just excited me and like right. all I want to do is play that now because it's new it like I don't know I felt I felt I don't know it was just like exhaustion or what just uh, whatever the case I was just like oh god I just I need to take a break from this I've just played too much of it for the past few weeks so I started to fuck with some other things and then I, I remembered I had pixel rip 95 still unbeaten so i'd fired that up and it, a couple of play two or three playstations maybe in the last few days uh, i posted a few vids of it but i beat it and the nice. i don't know they, they it's such a cool it's such a good job of like capturing a vibe man it's like <laughs> you know i i talked a whole bunch about 1978 and how they captured the the atari game experiences and stuff and like that's easier because it's simpler like 95 it's Super Nintendo is what they're going for here, and there's some Genesis stuff too, I guess. But it's a more varied gaming landscape. So there's more to the games, and the idea of capturing the feel of one of them is a little more complex. Mm. And they did a fan... She, it's primarily... This was the first one. 1978 was the sequel, basically. And there's also 1989... DLC for this one that I'm, I probably will have to get, but it's the, the first game was essentially the one designer. I've talked about that. I, I listened to an interview with her the one time. Uh, I think it was rough talk, but she like I don't know. She did such a good job of, of just like the, there's a, there was a towards the end there was this one of the situations was. You go to an arcade, they're doing an arcade game, a fighting arcade game contest, right? And it's, this is set mid-90s, so it's like a uh, kind of Streets of Rage is very much what they were going for with the experience. And it's like a tournament deal where like your main adversary kid is one of the kids in the four. It's like four of you, and you're going for a high score on a four-player machine. And, you know, the nice. two on the end drop off after certain levels and it's just you and the, your adversary kid last to play in this and you're like you're playing co-op but you're competing for points so it's just like a the ai was a little dumb for for him and i was able to kind of just trounce him but you have that going on i told you about this game is so predicated on that dual environmental mechanic where you're playing the video game in the game and then you have yeah. some sort of environmental shit going on well in this case other arcade machines that kids are playing at are getting possessed by that cyber lord, cyberlin, whatever it is, the main evil dude. And he like scares them off the machine. So they run away and you have to take your little nerf gun and shoot them, shoot the machines and the shit coming out of them while you're still dealing with what's happening in the video game. So like, that's like the, the game of this. And then the final boss battle of this after you win all the arcade games get cleared out, and this, like, the character behind me, Dot, gets put out in the arcade space, and you are put in a, it looks like a a Street Fighter 2 
battle. I was about to say, there had to be like a fighter right. in that tournament. Right. And it, yeah, it's like this big boss and your character and you're doing Street Fighter shit. But they also behind it put like the really – like it's like a crowd of people. And it's like – Though it's like only a few, they're only a few frames of animation and they're just in a loop, but it's a whole crowd of them and they're like flat sprites that are just doing something. And it's just, it, it is, it perfectly capped. Like I immediately was like Street Fighter 2. It, it, it is nice. It, exactly the vibe, you know, including down to those fucking audience, those people watching, you know, and just, it just so perfectly captured it. And, you know, and it's not, there's nothing licensed there. They don't use any of the same image. Yeah, exactly. They don't use any of the same imagery. It's just a vibe. And she is able to capture it so well. And there's a bunch of those genres captured in this one game. And like, when you see it, you feel it immediately. And it's just so good. You know, one of the NPC helper characters was a Castlevania character. I think I might've talked about that ever so long ago when I started. And, you know, he's like a, a, Bel- a Trevor Belmont knockoff, you know, and he's like super dumb as fuck. And it just, you know, <laughs> there was a bunch of Castlevania type shit when you first meet him. It's just all just, it just capturing the vibe so well. And that game, such nice. a fucking good job of that. And at the very end, like the final thing, you get a PlayStation. It's a PlayStation knockoff, but it's a PlayStation. It's clearly identifiable as a PlayStation for Christmas. And when you turn it on and you start playing the game in the game, I could not believe how perfectly it felt like PS1, dude. I don't know how to explain it. I hated the PS1 for this reason because it was so bad. It was like, I don't know, like when the... I was about to say, I did not own a PS1. Yeah, Jab had one. I didn't I didn't care for it. I was a 64. But the... Yeah. It... I don't know. I don't but know. Again, I, know, I don't know how to... I know what the game's like. It's like when the camera moves, <laughs> like you can see the fucking... The, the, the texture the vibrating. kind of... Yeah. yeah and just... It about. fucking nailed that, dude. It looked just like PS1. And the character moved with that super stilted, shitty... Like you turn your character and the whole thing. Like it's like a slow fucking... I don't know. It just... Perfectly felt like PS1, and I couldn't believe how well she nailed that in the game, you know. Again, amongst a range of other similar accomplishments. So it was just, so there's just so much TLC in it, uh, and it's really fun uh, game nice. to play. And yeah, I highly, highly recommend those. And the last thing I have is last night, Amy and I, I convinced Amy to jump in and try. Finally, I, I bought it and tried the Meow Wolf. Walkabout course. Oh, yeah. It is. I mean, I would expect it to be bananas. It is fucking bananas, though. It is absolutely <laughs> crazy as fuck. A lot of, uh, there's a lot of characters in it, which... Like walking around and stuff? Like just yeah, kind of like, like, like the Labyrinth course. Yeah, okay. If you can recall playing that. Okay. And honestly, a lot of the models kind of felt like they were starter blocks, starter packs for these characters. I'm saying a lot of the character models in Labyrinth were like the built the, the starter... Mm. For a lot of these characters, I can feel a lot of connective tissue with mm. just. I mean, maybe that's just the, the the way their fucking polygon situ- situation works. Maybe that's why I feel that way. But uh, I got a lot of labyrinth vibes out of it, and that's, you know, labyrinth is obviously just a crazy ass environment too. So that's maybe part of it as well. But this is way crazier than labyrinth, like <laughs> way crazier. Part of it's the colors and shit because it's like this really vibrant neon thing, uh, but just way busier, way more shit going on. And uh, a lot, which is the worst possible situation for finding balls, too. So that was frustrating. 
I got 12 of the 18 on the first one, which is pretty low for me. So, mm. and, and like, you know, there are some situations where I'm just like searching tirelessly. And I'm like, there's no fucking ball here, man. There ain't no way, you know? <laughs> and like, they kind of, and I've wanted them to do this because I felt it was too formulaic, but they've kind of like some of the, what I have decided are rules for with the ball hiding are gone in this one. Like some of the, like they don't really, it doesn't have to adhere to physics. Which makes sense. Again, maybe that's just really? for this course. I don't know. But, like, they can be, like, stuck on something, like, hanging from, you know. And that's not how it's – usually it's always been. Like, they have to, like, be able to physically rest via gravity on whatever they've been on, you know. Yeah. So that obviously changes where you have to can't just be sitting. You can't just be sitting on the ceiling. Like, right. <laughs> right. So, yeah, it's, it makes it harder for sure, which is probably good. Uh, but the course also, I, I – the front – like, I thought – yeah, the front nine was hard as fuck, and I thought I was like, Jesus, like part of it, so I hadn't played in a while. I was like, man, do I am I ultra terrible now? Like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, the front nine was pretty rough. I ended up finishing a two under because the back nine was a lot more palatable, but the the front nine was difficult, and I was having some real some real getting getting my groove back struggles at the top of it. But <laughs> it's fun. We should we should definitely jump in and try. It'll blow your fucking mind. It's it's a cool ass course. The nice. there was one hole that was like, well, I don't even want to spoil it. There there was one hole that like. <laughs> fucking so it wasn't even gall it wasn't even putt putt anymore it was like oh man one of those oh. yeah it was it was like there's a few super goofy mechanics but there was one that was way off the wall that yeah it didn't even it didn't even feel like putt putt it totally changed and it should for what it was they it, it, it did a great job of feeling like what it was supposed to feel like but it was not putt putt. <laughs> okay, okay, which is which is tough to just you know jump in and out of as you're putt putting. You know, uh, made for a difficult deal, but very fun course and very wild for sure. Good job. I, I'm so glad that I had been to Miawa first because it made it make sense to me to some degree. Like I think as being like cold on Miawa, it's gonna be even more like holy shit, this is a lot. <laughs> What is happening yeah. here? Yeah, because it is definitely a lot, but it's cool. It's cool. It's worth worth the three ninety nine for sure. There's no question. I've never never felt like walkabouts jipping you. The the value is always there. course is the ultimate warrior theme of course from wwf wrestlemania challenge bringing us in ah! tell, me, tell me he is not your favorite wrestler of all time tell me he's not the greatest wrestler of all time josh the greatest or not you said my favorite the, or the greatest the greatest the greatest or your favorite either one either one which i liked him a lot he's not my favorite oh. razor ramon and actually oh. this that game what? once we get to it Big Boss Man, I realized, was a is, is a someone I really liked as well as a kid, and I hadn't thought about him in a very F long time. That guy, that's what I have to say. Big Well, this is the January nineteen ninety one issue of Game Pro, and is a three ninety five US, four ninety five Canadian, two fifty UK cover price, and it is a sports ball blowout. Joe Cool is on the cover with some kind of really funky 90s extreme color filter laid over what was probably a live action photo, I would guess, originally. 
And I feel like we've talked all about Joe Montana a lot lately, man. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Like, we're playing it, like, yeah, yeah. for sure. So, oh, I don't just mean, I mean the human being, not even just the game, but the game, too. Uh, either way, <laughs> Because though, of I, that, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. It's, I think it's safe to say Sega's $1.7 million signing bonus for him was money well spent. Yeah. Uh, when I interviewed Al, which if you haven't listened to that Order of Erdrick episode, the interview, uh, just drop, uh, you should, it was a pretty good interview. But he was pretty adamant that getting Joe was the defining moment for, he called it educating the public and the industry that Sega was like a real player for the 16-bit era. He was like, that was the, that's why they were so like, it, it was almost like a blank check. They were willing to pay whatever they had to because they felt like they had to, like it was their responsibility to, and he, again, he kept using that word, educate people that Sega was like here to fucking, to party. You know what I mean? Uh, so it was... Uh, a lot of money, but I think it worked because we. I can it's see that. Fucking, it's I can everywhere. see that point of view. Yeah, yeah this totally motherfucker is everywhere. Yeah, especially after. Yeah, after that was. I mean, that you know, that was such a good interview because there's. I learned so there's so much shit in there that uh, you know we've talked so much about. You know Tonka handling that eight bit era and how much of a shit show it's been on the marketing front, and I kind of expected that like. You know, I kind of expected that they went away entirely when he came in the when when the Sega shit started and that new team came in and no. Tonka kept the marketing rights to the the Master System well into, like, 92, I think he said. So, he had... That makes sense. Oh, it makes total sense, too, because they they basically were acting independent of each other. He's like, you know, other than getting their mailing list, he's like... Because I asked him what the what he thought about those newsletters those first seven newsletters that Tonka handled and he's yeah. like he didn't say a fucking word about the content he was like i loved he's like i loved their mailing list <laughs> he didn't have shit to say about what was in them he was just like i love that they had a mailing list and that was our first audience for marketing the genesis that we had that defined thing available to us in a, especially in a pre-internet era where it's so much harder to get oh a gosh. list of human beings that were interested in a certain thing you know so yeah, great interview. Really interesting, fun shit. Annual Superstar Sports Issue is the lead headline, and it is exactly that. They fucking can't get off sports shit in this issue. Everything is sports themed. No. And football is the first sub. Joe Montana and John Madden, NES Play Action Football. And I saw this when I first fucking looked at the issue. I'm like, Jay, what if they drop a huge bomb on us about the passing game and how to like be better at it? In this feature was what I was thinking, and how salty you would be about that. (laughs) (laughs) And logically, for the times, and probably still today, I would say, basketball is the second uh, bullet point here. Lakers versus Celtics, arch rivals in your face, and ultimate basketball. And lastly, and tons more, we got roller games, ski or die, I was jazzed about that. And WrestleMania Challenge, Jack Nicholas Turbo Golf, Wayne Gretzky Hockey, and the Pro Classic is uh, touted as being the esteemed Tecmo Bowl. And the second I saw that Pro Classic mention, Jay, I started thinking, it like planned to see to me, that perhaps we should be doing the two early NES football titles back-to-back right here around Super Bowl time and, and, and get down to brass tacks of which one of these is the better game before we get into the Tecmo Super Bowl shit that's coming down the line. So, just want you to know that, that seed was planted here right in the cover. Fair warned. I mean, I mean, we we clearly played Joe Montana. We clearly played John Madden, play action football. I mean, 
looking like this issue, this type of issue, and you know, EGM did the same thing, made it especially when going through now. And I know, like reading these kind of things as a kid, did the same thing made it apparent like which were the better games in that genre and which were well yeah this they don't fuck around the the ratings in here are it's a it's an interesting the review i don't know it's i don't know what the word to say is but like (laughs) there's some ratings in here that i was like were wild to me (laughs) well that is absolutely true i mean visually looking at it like Lakers versus Celtics, arch rivals, you know, ultimate basketball. I'm like, oh, I clearly know how I feel about those. You know, like, <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, no, yeah, there's, yeah, for sure. Yes, it's, uh, I'm not saying necessarily what I read in here was different than my pre existing thoughts. Yeah. Just as far as like the hierarchy of them. But the actual brass tax numbers were wild to me. Yeah. Uh, so it was I, interesting I, in that regard, I guess. But yes, it is it is funny how it's it's yeah, all these games are not necessarily that fun to play now because they're so far removed from w- what you need a sports game to be today. But the analysis of them I find I don't know what like these sports games are so interesting to talk about and so interesting to read about in this context or this the context of these times, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the sports games are one of my favorite things about going through these back issues is is how they felt about them then, you know, is, is yeah. interesting to hear. And that's the cool thing about an issue like this. The first marketing inside comes at us, as it always does, from Taito. It's a couple of NES full pagers. They want us to reclaim your brain with your favorite puzzler, Puznik. Puznik. And, yeah, and then slap us with that dungeon magic joint with the boa constrictor. Uh, which we've seen a million times. Next is a two-banger for the Atari Lynx, and I like this headline. The following scenes may be too graphic for adults, and that's referencing the fact they have a screenshot from each of their launch lineup games, or at least the ones they've been pumping up for the in the mags here. And these screenshots do look damn good, especially if you're yeah. rocking with a fucking Game Boy in your hands going through this mag, which I certainly would have been. <laughs> Are you kidding me? If I can play... If I can play in color Rampage, you got Clax, which we know is good now, and Paper like Boy. other games. Clearly, I, lo- I love Miss Pac Man. Yep. I know Paper Boy because that's an NES game, so I'm already like, oh, I can play that on the go. And you know, I'm in color. In color, si- you can play it on right? the go on the Game Boy. In it don't color, look, though, it doesn't look like oh. that. <laughs> exactly, man. I still, at this point in the timeline, I'm I'm still thinking like, oh man, Lynx is going to be big. Like Lynx, Atari's hanging on. Do you know anything about the multiplayer capabilities? Looking at this and really parsing it, I started doing some digging. This thing can do up to eight-player multi. Does that not... Is that not, like, mind-shattering? I didn't know it was eight. That's freaking... Yeah. It's fucking nuts. So I looked it up. It's called... Like, the actual device that you link with, it's called the Comlinks, and they, of course, took the opportunity to spell that L-Y-N-X, not L-I-N-K. Yes. And it's... Dude, it's a... Really interesting design. So it like you like fucking chain these things together. It it has like the 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 device, the links has an input connection and then uh, an input connection and an output connection. So the device itself, the comlinks, is one input and then it splits into two outputs. So you can like basically you plug it into one like the lead unit and then that obviously goes to the second one. But the second one takes that in. And then also goes out to the next one, you know? So, mm-hmm. like, it's fucking... Uh, well, no, sorry. 
You, do, like yeah, the, you, don't, you don't even need the machine. The, 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 the unit goes in, just goes into the next one and also has an out that just keeps it going down the line. Then it just goes gotcha. to each one and goes into a next the input. So, like, yeah, it's just, I don't know, fucking blew my mind. It's, I expected it to be like a hub. When I, when I saw, yeah, it, when I saw that word, thinking. I thought it would be like a little network unit hub that everyone just plugged into, which seems to make a lot more sense. Probably would have been more expensive, I guess, for the individual maybe. So maybe it was a marketing choice, but from a technology this is, perspective. This is 1990, dude. Like, right. That's ahead of the times for any yeah. attempt at such thing, you know? Yeah. Oh, no, very much so. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, you know, they, the, the whole library, they only got the 71 titles total. So, you know, that's part of why that system didn't work. Or, you know, I don't know, if it's chicken or the egg kind of thing, which caused the system not working. So no games or no games. So the system doesn't work. I don't know. But the it only had one eight-player game in the entire library. And... Most of them are two or four, if multi at all. So they didn't really sense. utilize this thing. But the one is one of my favorite game title names ever. That I I think it's on Turbo Graphics too. So I, I want to give it a play uh, eventually. But it's Todd's Adventures in Slime World, and and oh, man, you know I support Todding around, so that's cool. But yeah, it's of it's course. like there's it seems to be like looking through. You know, I was trying to figure out dig up this information. It seems to be remembered quite fondly. Like, it's a game that people playing multi-on together on the links who actually had one of those fucking things remember that game really fondly. And uh, the multi-component of it was one of the reasons why. So that's cool. Man. see, Continuing to see stuff like this, which appears technologically ahead, strong. Like, again, you drop me in right now, like, this thing should work. But, you know, it is what it is. I'm sure it worked. Like I said, it just, I think, uh, it's library limited and it just doesn't. It's the same reason, you know, I was talking to someone yeah. on the Facebook page, like, but it's the reason Nintendo won everything at this time. It was all third party support, which, mm-hmm. you know, they did the work to create the marketing and market share domination to warrant that third party support. So it's not like it's unjustified, but that's why the Game Boy destroyed everything. Game Gear and Links included is because they just had a million fucking good games coming out on it because they had everyone making games for it. Yeah, I mean, plus you always, you also had the best first party games. Like you, sure. If you don't have Mario, then I, I don't I don't know what to do. Right? You know? <laughs> yeah, you're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> the TLC is next, looking more and more presentable as we radicalize our way into 1991. Here, there is mention of another, I guess, issue 17 of the first installment comic pullout here. And it's that lame culture brain concoction, the flying warriors from the light dimension. And that's actually in the scan that I got off archive. So if you want to fucking read this comic, you have the option. It's in the oh show notes. Gosh. Yeah, it's in the show notes. It was so long. I didn't yeah, even know. So, I'm like, what so is this? Terrible. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, I, I, I knew it was there. Because the first thing I think I've said before, but the, one of the, when I'm first making the outline for these, I have to go through and figure out like the, how many pages are in segment one? How many pages are in segment two? So I have to go through the whole magazine real quick. And yeah, when I get to the middle, like, what the fuck is this? Like, what is? Oh, it's the, it's a pullout thing. Like, what yeah. the fuck? Are all these pages are about nothing. <laughs> yeah, so like, I knew it was a coming. Long comic. Yeah, so when I got to it, I had already like had the experience and just flipped right through it. I didn't uh, didn't it didn't bum me out as I was going through the issue. I guess is what I'm getting at here because I knew it was there. But yeah, so if it just, if you if you hit it cold, I can see how that would do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like there's no effort made to illustrate the backgrounds in it, like the panels. It's all action moments, so they can just put streaks of colored light behind them, you know? Right. You know, so it, it seems it, empty and sparse. And right, exactly. Like, so, yeah, really bad there. And then the text dialogue, or the dialogue text, rather, 
looks like it was formatted in a very old text parser computer program, and it doesn't really fit in the bubbles right. It's like weird spacing and like the font doesn't work for the size of the bubble. It's just like it's it's just so bad. It's, it's the worst comic I think I've ever seen. That that, you know? that helped me understand that it was an ad and not just a comic. You know, I was sure. like, this is cool. Well, is it though? It's ad, not. They don't have a flying. Ad. They don't have a flying warriors game for call. Did they? Oh, do they do? They absolutely do. Are okay, you kidding me? Do. I had yeah. to go download okay. it and just. Oh, and I realized okay, okay, why. Okay. I realized why I had yeah. to go download it. But yeah, I was thinking it was just like a culture brain brand ad, maybe. No, because it says like available. Yeah. for your NES, so I was like, yeah. all right, clearly, like I gotta Terrible. play this freaking game. Yeah, the characters are boring looking. Like those two, <laughs> the two fucking I don't know, bad guys are like identical, right. blank ass colored slates. You know, they're just uh, it's so bad. You Such fought a... us once. You you displayed effort. Now you may move on. Like oh my gosh, stop. Awful. <laughs> Our first Mega Man three full pager is next. Uh, at least as Woo! far as I can I can recall. You know we have yeah, the, a couple of features, but I don't think it's the first time I've seen an ad for it. That and box? Some, are you kidding me? Look at that box art, man. We've upgraded. We're, we're big <laughs> yeah, the box art is much better than the previous <laughs> ones. I agree. I agree. And yeah, the the ad in general, I would say, is much in the same vein of that commercial we featured a few eps back, and it's just very like, here's Mega Man. Need I say more? Kind of thing, you mm-hmm. know. Like, it reads Mega Man 3. Anything else you need to know? <laughs> like, nope. No. Heading to the store. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm at Toys R Us already. Don't worry about it. The They spoil the fact, even here, dude, they spoil the fact that there's bosses from both the first and second games in their pitch blurb. So, yeah, we talk shit about Nintendo doing that, and I guess we really can't talk shit about Nintendo doing that if Capcom's doing it in the ads for the game, so... Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. It's like, possibly a few enemies. At least it says possibly, so it's like, oh... Could it be some Mega Man 1? Yeah, some Mega be Man 1? Because you gotta be an awfully, point, you got to be an awfully dumb kid to not read through the lines. Uh, read between well, the lines there. <laughs> I don't know. Because at that point, I you know I started with Mega Man 2, and that was great. And then 3. So, I don't know. It's, it's kind of, it would become kind of like the Street Fighter mystery where you're playing Street Fighter 2. Like, oh, what was Street Fighter 1? Like, that's how I felt about Mega Man. Like, at this point, I was like, oh, Mega Man 1. I wonder, maybe the, you know. So it wasn't as it didn't feel as I negative. I don't know what it, it is exactly. I suppose. <laughs> and, and honestly, reading it, and I got into on the socials about this too. Like, I didn't realize that there were any that there was anything from one. It's it may, it's cooler that there is stuff from both games, mm-hmm. but I couldn't remember or I didn't know what it was. I think that Rock, not Rock Man. That's what they call Mega Man in Japan. The I forget what it's called. The big yellow thing. I think is in three, and that's in one. In Wily's castle, so I think that is the callback to one in it because there's no none of those robot bosses are there. I don't yeah. think it's just I two remember. bosses. Yeah, but that was interesting because I, I, I all I was aware of was the Mega it's Man a two. tease. It's a tease that would get young Jerry excited. <laughs> That's all we no, mission know. accomplished. <laughs> yeah. That acclaimed two banger for Swords and Serpents. After that, then a new two banger for the Immortals. The ad box oh. that's behind me right now. Uh, on the NES that looks fucking lit. The first page has big, intense headlines with screenshots that are, I think, good choices for the screenshots. And that was actually another thing about the Al Nilsson interview, dude, that uh, I thought of while looking at this. He talked very intently about how much effort went into choosing those screenshots on the back of the boxes. And the cool thing was he said three. And to me, that was interesting that it was like this industry standard, like he... You know, 30 years later, it's three. We got three on the back of the box. And then, I guess, 
the juxtaposition of that is when a game made the effort to do more, how much bigger of a deal that was and uh, how much of a creative choice it was, you know, the when we uh, see more than three on the back of a box. And I'm not saying he said that. That's my interpretation. Yeah. But uh, it was it was cool to me that he very specifically said three and how adamant he was about how important those were. You know, he would he'd say, like, he's like, that's what I tasked the product managers with. He's like, I wanted, like, each picture to represent a bullet point and I wanted three bullet points as well of why this was the best game that you had to have. And that was the job I gave you, I gave the product managers for each video game. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So it was cool insight into kind of the marketing idea for that's kind of a fun, I think that's kind of a fun job. Like, all right, let me scan this game. Like what's like, Dude, because you have to play the game to know that. So you're sitting around playing the game. It's like talking to those counselors about, Fucking, you know, like what, like how much of the job was just sitting there playing the games? And like for like, the counselors, actually, it was kind of, it sounded like kind of a bummer that they had like not as much of that as you would want, you know. And honestly, that was all, one of the flip sides of the, that was cool too was how they talked about developing the skill of being able to talk about one video game fluently on the phone and play a different video game in their hands, you know, and like that dual <laughs> yeah. track mindset that's something they had to develop if they wanted to actually be able to play games while they worked, you know. So that was. Cool story. Anyhow, the headlines read The Quick, The Dead, The Immortal. And after a solid pitch blurb, there is some fine print at the bottom that's even more fun. It reads Wits and speed required. Squeamish types and people with heart conditions should proceed with caution. So <laughs> they're going the, nice. the extra mile with the, the legalese, supposedly at the bottom, even is, is stylized to this intense ass ad. And the second page features one of the most badass boxes for an NES game I've ever seen. It's a very realistic illustration of just the wizard's face looking out at us from a black void, dramatically lit from the top down, shadows in the eyes and all that. So, really good ad for a game. I'm still... It's intense. I don't know. People keep talking about it like it's they love it, man, even on the NES. And I'm like, I don't <laughs> understand. It seems fucking terrible. What? Terrible <laughs> yeah, to what play. Are we talking yeah, about? So, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. We, I think we just maybe we just got to give it a, a better shot and, and oh, really man. get into it. <laughs> uh, must be something there to have so much affinity for it. The letter from the game pros is a call to action this month. They are looking for a few good game pros, two hundred fifty to be exact, to join what they're terming the game pro team. And if you are a member of this team, you will get mailers a few times a year requesting that you rate games in their rating system. And in exchange for this free slave labor they will receive you will receive rather game pro swag you get a hat t-shirt a certificate and discount coupons for game pro merch so still cool as a kid probably but nothing really cool there for yeah giving them research data (laughs) i was thinking about it like as a kid like yeah it'd be cool to be rating games but the the gift not even yeah, providing the games that, yeah. Yeah, yeah like I don't know providing the games you should get you. a game or something there should be some real yeah. tangible shit you're there. just providing me with advertising what is this you're, man you're trying you're trying to dupe me into additional slave labor with your <laughs> compensation for your initial slave labor <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so to uh, sign up for the shit you have to mail in personal deets uh, what systems you own genre preferences gaming tenure Top 10 games of all time, and then a pitch paragraph for yourself. I love the idea of kids sitting there trying to, like, concoct, like, why they're a good fit, you know? It's a good good exercise that would be fun to watch as a fly on the wall. Mm-hmm. Next, we have a Punisher ad from LJN next, and this is fucking intense. This is the art Dude. you have behind you. That's the box art behind you? Is that? Yeah. Yeah. 
So the ad here is a brick wall covered in graffiti saying shit like machine guns, rocket launchers, M16s, big dicks. <laughs> he, who live, he who lives wins. So yeah, it's like very... I don't know. Yeah, he's, even Punisher, he's standing there in the foreground with just his big dick uh, held point. <laughs> two <laughs> guns, Skyward. Yeah, two just, yeah. giant guns. Yeah, it is just fucking maximum 80s shit. And uh, the, uh, this dropped back in November, so it's a fair game for game app shit. And I'd never even heard of it, dude. So I fired <laughs> it up. I fired it up totally blind. It's LJN. You know, so that's not the awesome best Awesome company. <laughs> yeah, nothing but nothing but licensed awesomeness out of them. So, And, they, and t- honestly, too, do you fire it up, and this is the first time they've done this, LJN comes at you fucking hard with that. Oh, oh, like, the logo is, like, huge as, like, the first thing you see after the legalese. So I was like, oh, these fucking cunts. <laughs> yeah, it's just, They're like, we're uh, proud of this. Yeah. So will you. Man. Right. But it goes from that to some dope-ass fucking pixel art of the Punisher shooting his big guns at us at our POV from the shadows. And then it starts like it starts with the Punisher logo coming up from the bottom, and that becomes his logo on his T as he like materializes in the void. And the title theme is Dark and Brooding 2. So fucking good start to the presentation. And dude, this is a fucking Operation Wolf shooter, dude. I didn't know. I can't <laughs> you know believe I didn't about it. I can't even believe I didn't know it existed. It's fucking great. This is a great game. Can I, I can't believe I was saying I wrote down. I can't believe I'm saying this, but this is this is kind of fun. <laughs> this is fucking great, saying. dude. I played all through the first level, like wanting to play more. Like I and it, dude, it's it's everything. You know, you all you have the frustration, sure, of the crosshairs deal with your D pad kind of thing that you get with. Operation Woof Woof anytime and like or any game like that and they even like play on it there's times where they will pop an enemy up on one side of the screen drag you all the way over there and then immediately drop one on the extreme other side yeah. and like you got to make it you got to make business decisions you know and just mm-hmm. take the damage or waste time getting over there that. so yeah. yeah you know they 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 totally try to exploit your frustration of that mechanic but i think it all feels good enough to warrant to 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 kind of gloss that over, and yeah, man, it's fucking like the pickups cool. Like they're fucking. They got like the rolled up newspapers are fun that you like get the little tips from. You know, you like shoot them and then they pop up in the HUD at the bottom and give you a little tip about the game. It does suck like trying to like every time I would get one, I would like think I got to pause if I want to be able to read that shit. I'm doing shit exactly. <laughs> no, keep going. Keep it yeah. moving. <laughs> so that was a little annoying, but like I kind of feel like that's. It's the right kind of carrot dangling, I think, you know, of just, like, diverting your attention and making it hectic as it's supposed yeah. to be while you're in a gunfight. <laughs> you know, so it all played into the vibe that it's supposed to have, I think. Yeah, dude, I just could not fucking believe how much I enjoyed it and how much I would be down with playing it again, you know. Man. Punisher coming in hot with some unexpected fun. I was, yeah, yeah coming, like, looking at this, this was... Okay, this wasn't the first game I played, but like the first game of this episode that I played, I think it might have been like, the first one I played. Yeah, that I either had never played before or hadn't played since being a kid, and I'm just like, yeah, I was shocked, man. This I went from looking at this like, all right, it's going to be sports issue that I've played all the stuff in, right. to immediately. I told you, there's some new shit. There's some new shit in here, dude. I got, I yeah, I got. Uh, there's a handful of games I'd never played that I would be absolutely down to play, and I just, I fucking. Love that about this podcast that it just forces shit in your face that just you didn't even know existed, <laughs> let alone ever bothered with, you know. So 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 fucking cool. 
Yep. So good job, LJN. Every now and again, even a blind squirrel finds a nut. The <laughs> mail star <laughs> starts off with write-ins about the rating system. And the very first one from Brad in Port Union in uh, Newfoundland, which I didn't even know. I know. I was like, what is an F? I was like, new. It's a rapper. I'm using a lot of his songs for my pipe videos. That's what I know an F as. I don't know. But this gave me a little tickle. He mentioned that he had to take some time and effort to memorize what the faces and colors mean so we didn't have to keep turning back in the mag to see what they stood for. And I 100% had to do this for the first few issues, issues rather that they started doing these. So I just, I was like, Oh, I just, I feel you. I see you and I feel you, Brad. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's, that's absolutely what I had to do as well. So hundred percent. Yeah, that was fun. And then Gilberto Diaz in East Orange, New Jersey suggests they should list a top 20 for each system based on the ratings. Kind of like the Nintendo Top 30, and I concur. That would be a cool idea. We enjoy those and enjoy talking about them. So perhaps that will occur. The next one is from your boy and fellow Ohio alumnus, Michael D. uh, Michael D. Serve, rather, and he is in Kettering, Ohio, and he also shares an eagerness for what he's calling the Nintendo SFX and Super Mario Bros. 4. Yeah. Yeah, not only is he your brethren in locale, he's also your brethren in SNES hype. I actually hadn't heard it called the sfx yet i didn't know that that was yeah there were some you know sfx super famicom like there were all kind of like code names before we knew what it was going to be i i love that see that's what i'm talking about i was in the michael d serve camp i was like oh what is this you know yeah were you clearly know were you calling the consumer hotline like him like ringing their fucking phone off the hook and demanding information because i thought that that was fucking great Uh, that's what he was saying he was doing I, i was not i was just excited for every bit of new Super Mario for information that sure. you were going to give me. Wherever it was coming from, I'm going to eat it up and see what happens. And that's why I love the fact that Danny Jahandra was so freaking wrong on the SNES. Yeah, you know, it'd be yeah, a he, flop. It's too expensive. I'm like, dude, get out of town. Yeah, like it was, it was like, oh, he's just like shitting on Mike's parade for what? But right? it's all. And I quote, he says the the phrase, this is my two cents on the long-awaited SFX. And yeah, he just goes off on a list of total fucking conjecture. (laughs) (laughs) Like like, totally asinine conjecture. So yeah, they did a good job. This is good editorial work here of putting these diametrically opposed deals here. And both of them are just kind of ludicrous. Yeah, I mean, going back to fucking uh, Michael D here, he like... He's calling the fucking hotline, the consumer hotline, and they're telling him that there's no plans to bring it to the U.S. So he is like fucking on pins and needles. <laughs> he is about, on tilt. Like what's yeah, 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 about not about never getting this ever, you know. And fucking Game Pro's like fucking chill out, homeboy. Like, like go yeah. get your panties in a bunch. It's coming no later than Christmas '91, uh, and they even have an MSRP for him at 170 a, a pop. Yeah, so, like yeah, they're fucking. I don't know where he was getting his information. I always understood. Like all right. Japan gets the stuff first. We get it out. Like, I get right. that. Like, we're getting it. Like, I don't know. Dude, I, but I guess, you know, I get, especially at the time when you, your information acquisition is difficult, that if you're calling, if you're going straight to the horse's mouth, and the horse's mouth That's, is telling you, like, fuck off, it's not <laughs> happening. You know? <laughs> like, I can see like, how you'd be like, yeah, but what the fuck? Like, what yeah. are we doing? Yeah. You're going to so, leave yeah. me out of the next edition of Mario? Right. Oh, yeah. Dear. So I don't want to yeah, fault him for believing Nintendo. <laughs> but, uh, but it's yeah. funny. At the same yeah. Time. Thankfully, thankfully, GamePro chills him out. So that's good. <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. Danny, he's uh, 
So he's like, his, his like the bullet points on his asinine arguments. Like he's, he highlights that the Konix has their multi-system in Europe, which if you remember, that was like the system oh that never comes gosh. out. That sounds horrific, <laughs> you know? So he's like citing that. That's his first thing. And then he's highly speculative math. He gives us, uh, he's like, it's price will be too much for your average video game fan, which is probably 60% of the NES users. He's just like, just a fucking, he has just no market research data. Like, <laughs> just what? fucking, how could you like, how... You know, everyone knows this kid at the lunch table. That's what it is. You're like, you hear this, like, right. shut the fuck up, man. You're just like, you're like, making exactly. shit up. Everyone knows you're lying. Shut the fuck up. You're an asshole. Everyone knows you're an asshole. You sound like an asshole. You're an asshole. Shut up. Who's <laughs> coming with the different take, the contrarian right. take? Like, we know what it is. Just right. Yeah. Nah, nah, get some get data it. or fuck the fuck off, dude. <laughs> yeah. And then, so the worst part of it all, yeah, let's all this bullshit off. And then at the end, he hedges his snide bullshit with, then again, the SFX might rock the video game scene as its predecessor, the NES, who it did. Who knows? Like, what a fuckface. <laughs> like, that is such a terrible, terrible way to end an already terrible letter. It is so fucking, yeah. Such a, yeah, pretty good. I love it. I love it. It's just, yep. yeah. And, yeah, this mail, this is a heat-ass mail bag for sure. The, it just keeps coming here. John Combs in CBUS, Moore, Ohio peeps who he keeps hearing rumors that tech mobile 2 is coming out soon and he wants the skinny on this very important matter which i totally uh, can understand and ed ed here the the editor plays like a true showman he shoots down johnny boy's hopes of a sequel by saying the bad news is tecmo has started developing a sequel but or had started developing a sequel rather but uh, had scratched the project entirely and then you know after that dramatic pause that i'm sure uh, combs had while reading this Reply, Ed goes on to say that the good news is said project was scratched in favor of starting a whole new game called Super Tecmo Bowl, an entirely new game that is planned for a spring release. And the really great part about this, if you're a, if you're a true Tecmo Super Bowl head, is that even here in this first time I've heard it mentioned, Ed is fucking up the name. And... <laughs> It's like a it's like a huge thing. It makes thing. sense. It makes it's, sense. It's, it, it, I do it myself, dude. I do it my fucking self. Even though I know I have read a million tweets from Super Bowl Techmo Super Bowl heads, like they're it just rub just grinds their gears that people call it Super Techmo Bowl. It's Super Techmo Bowl, right? right like yeah, Super no, everything. No, Techmo Super, Super Nintendo. Bowl. Super yeah. Mario World. Super Techmo Bowl. Yes? <laughs> right? Yeah. No? What you want to call it? Right. <laughs> Even though it's not on the fucking it's not on the Super Nintendo yet, so you can't use that. Uh, what do you call that? That fucking mm, that nomenclature. Okay, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it's it's, it's not it's not like that that uh, that system doesn't exist yet. That becomes a system mm-hmm. with the new system with the new console, but that's not a thing yet. Anyways, the you can there is a there is a way you can self mediate yourself about this mistake <laughs> is searing that abbreviation in your head TSB, which is how you always see it abbreviated. And oh, once you TSB. once you can once you see that and can picture it, the abbreviation. If you think about the abbreviation of STB, it looks weird as fuck. So that's how I would suggest policing it in your own head. If you also have this uh, hmm. this affliction, <laughs> that's how I, I keep myself sure. from getting yeah getting ridiculed <laughs> in a community. I very much want to be. I uh, want to have good standing in the, right. the, the, the Tecmo Super Bowl community. And then we have yet another fun one to close it out. We have Jonathan Pelag. Pelag- Palalogos, which is what a name, in Horsham, Pennsylvania, also 
What a name. <laughs> and he is salty as fuck that the Pro Classic features keep being on NES games. And he oh, dem- man. Yeah, yeah, he demands justice. He wants some rebalancing of the wealth in the form of SMS, Atari, Genesis, and T16 Pro Classics because, and I quote, you must understand that fans of those systems play with them as much as Nintendo fans play with the NES, maybe even more. <laughs> so, yeah, Ed calls it a good idea and assures Jonathan they'll work hard on doing more Pro Classics from other systems in the future, even though Jonathan's parents clearly didn't love him enough to get him an <laughs> NES. <laughs> He's like, all right, 95% of American households have an NES. Okay, right, yeah, yeah. Just doing, you know, the smart thing, but whatever you want, kid. Uh, and, yeah, and like... I love that this issue then goes on to have an NES game as the pro classic yeah. <laughs> with Tech Mobile, you know. So great, 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 great. One of the best mailbags for Game Pro yet today. It's, it's so much fun. From there, we get a handful of ads. Game Up alums, Yonoid and Filios. We got Dick Tracy on the NES, and they all try to distract us from making our way to the cutting edge. And this is all about telecommunication via gaming consoles, modems, and online gaming networks. And they start with Nintendo doing, and I, you know, I hadn't thought of it until reading that letter from the editor, the letter from the Game Pros thing. Game Pro might have gotten this idea from, or gotten the idea rather, directly from printing a bunch about this. Nintendo modem shit in this issue might have got I, I think that it sounds like a very similar idea and system to me that Nintendo is doing here but they start by saying that Nintendo is doing some development in the US uh, or rather on a US network uh, peripheral that plugs into that expansion slot in the bottom of the control deck that never ended up getting used that so that never was interesting. used yeah I was huh. interested to hear that that they actually at least planned for something for it and they're speculating that the MSRP for that will be 100 bucks. And they also mentioned that Fidelity Investments has been contracted to develop a stock market trading function for the platform. And we've seen this in Japan already. We've Japan, talked about it and how asinine it is. The idea that anyone's going to get an NES to do the stock trading, but whatever. I, mean, I, I get like the novelty of it. Again, we're speaking from a, you know, a, secu- a known security risk. Right? Like, are you kidding me right now? Environment, you know? (laughs) Back then, that wasn't a problem or thought of yet. So maybe there would be a lot less aversion than we're supposing, you know? So maybe maybe we should hedge that a little bit, that stance. But they also talk about a Genesis modem. They quote being at 1,200 BPS. Half of the horsepower of my very first IBM PS1 desktop had on board, a 2400 BPS modem. And that an NEC one debuting for the PC Engine in Japan... Uh, around the time of this issue actually coming out. So it was this one was fact. The Genesis one never came out. But the PC Engine one was coming out with a 1200-baud device as well. And the... Actually, despite being like a take-my-computer-apart kid and like being totally into this stuff and knowing... I knew the... Like the different types of BPS, but I've never actually looked up what the hell that means. And I know it means baud, bauds per second. I know what the... the sentence but i don't know what the fuck a bot is so i actually looked it up it is the measure of number of changes to a signal per second in this case that propagate through a transmission medium so it's just the number of times that a transmission medium can go between one and zero you know huh. per second so it's like you know obviously the faster metric, faster the yeah. better yeah faster the better <laughs> and over when you're telecommunicating the faster the more information that can pass through that medium at a, at a time so that's why a 56k which was the final, like, before it just became a hardwired Ethernet yep. thing and stopped using phone lines. 
that's why that was so much better than 1200 or 1200 bond device. <laughs> Which I, I remember, dude, by that 2400 bond fucking. You could run America Online on that computer. It's like I said, a 386SX, two megabytes of RAM, just like a fucking disaster, even for when I was trying to use it in the mid-90s, mid to late 90s. But I remember trying to log on to America Online, and it would take an eon to like, because <laughs> I'd be using those, you know, 100 free hours. I wasn't even subscribing. Like, yeah. I was using those 100 free hours. Those? Yeah, right. Yeah. So, fucking, I'm trying to like, in my bedroom, like, get on the internet in 1995. <laughs> it's just like, it was just like, ding, ding, ding. It's so yeah, fucking it's slow. Yeah, so slow between the computer being dog shit and then also this like pathetic connection speed. That's why, the, that's why, dude, the idea that they're even talking about this of Nintendo or any of these companies like trying to get gaming online to happen at this point just blows my mind. Like it, it freaking blows my mind. Like especially it's knowing that so it, cool it would though. take it would it is very cool that it was being talked about and it kind of makes sense, you know that. Even though it would take it until like the Xbox and Halo for it to people to just be like, ah, oh, this is the great greatest thing, and now you know now it's every freaking everywhere. Right. But like the fact that they were talking about it back then, like I didn't know that. Like I, oh, I had no idea. Yeah, I definitely I mean, did not know that. That's freaking cool. for sure. Yeah, the they in the Pro News report, there's there's more about this, and they get into what's going on in Japan, and we'll talk about that later. And that's what I'm talking about. The Game Pro thing kind mm-hmm. of mirrors. Uh, very interesting, and the capability is fucking wild. And like it, I, you know, it didn't. I guess they didn't have the verdict on like user experience yet when they're talking about, but it's live. It is a thing when at this time already. So it was working enough to actually exist at this time in January 91. And that is so interesting to hear, you know. I mean, the simple fact that it never makes its way to the US probably suggests that. The end result, user experience-wise, was not great. Subpar, Because it, yeah, it didn't yeah. catch on. Uh, but it also, you know, there's just a whole... I mean, you didn't have those technology speeds. Like, you didn't have... We did, know, yeah, the, like... the speed, but also just the network, the cost of having a network back then had to be insane. And if the... And everybody had to have it, too. So right. It's like, it's to like, to uh... support it, to, to for that to be a, a yeah. net benefit. So, yeah, I'm sure there was just a lot of te- technology impediments to making it work as a as a in practice but in concept fucking amazing amazing. yeah i mean i was you know i don't did you ever i don't know if you've talked about this or not did you ever fuck around with any of the like bbs stuff did you ever like fuck around with bbs's it was like precursor to internet low kind of like local bulletin board systems that were kind of like websites or online oh yeah 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 Oh yeah, yeah. talk to my, people. That, they oh yeah, that's what I was going to say. Shout like through this article. Shout out to CompuServe. They mentioned CompuServe. Like that's okay. where I got started. My brother was working there, right? So like I would play on his computer. I would go to CompuServe with him. So oh yeah, like all those. I never used CompuServe. I would. I maybe should look up a video of that because I'm I'm curious to hear. I understand, and that's what America Online was too. It was basically a bridge between these BBS, these mm. like text based DOS BBS uh, platforms, and what became the internet as we know it i think they were the intermediary between those two things so i'm mad I'm, I'm curious knowing CompuServe is kind of like an early leader to america online i'm wondering how much more rudimentary it was hmm. i get used to use both right use america online yeah how, was it yeah. was it more archaic I mean, it definitely feeling than america online i would guess yes <laughs> yeah i mean our america online always seemed like, I loved getting on CompuServe and being able to go and, like, oh, now that I'm on here at World Wide Web, I can go to NBA.com or Nintendo.com. And, like, I can see those pictures and whatever. But, like, yeah, being able to 
using America Online was different. Like we could chat like live, not just like bulletin board chat room, not not just a chat room. Like this is just me and people. You know, like that just that was so much cooler. God, yeah, dude. It was a whole different thing. I remember the fucking going into some of those chat rooms and shit. Wild that you could do that, dude. Wild, wild, wild. Right, just people just randomly talking about whatever, like anything. Insane, yeah. man. It's, it's fucking. And like, I can't, you know, I, I, yes, there, all those things exist in my like Discord and shit is that, but it's different. It's somehow different. Yeah. It's yeah, just somehow exactly. different. And I don't know how. <laughs> I, I can't explain how, but it's different. I, I guess maybe the, the total anonymity and anonymity of it. And, you know, I mean, I get that exists too yeah. via some of those. I'm actually researching a project. I I found some. There's like a, a, I forget what it's. I can't think of what it's called now. But it's like a. Oh, it's 4chan. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'm I'm researching 4chan. I'd never fuck with it at all. I'm, re- I'm researching 4chan a little bit for this film idea I have. And 4chan is nuts, dude. 4chan is insane. <laughs> like it is. You don't even need to have an account. You could just post anything at any time, and it it. It is this, actually. I guess it's like that. Just no. I guess what I'm saying is no one. It's not as mainstream or accessible to use. Like, dude, looking at 4chan is like it's like Discord times a million. As far as like, I hate Discord and like the it's just so busy and like I don't. Know, it gives me a fucking anxiety attack just to look at, let alone use and interact with. Like 4chan is that on steroids, dude. It's like fucking insane. And there's this shit people posted pictures and it's just fucking crazy, dude. It is nuts. 4chan is fucking nuts. No thanks. Uh, so no yeah. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, absolutely crazy. Like I said, only even again, it's just a work thing. There's some cool ass like mystery stories and shit that have happened via 4chan that are super fucking dark and interesting. That are good film mm, seed ideas, okay. you know, that, that gotcha. have me kind of looking through it and seeing how I could use the website in a film form. You know, uh, it's kind of interesting, but. Just using the website for casual, but I can't imagine wanting to do that. <laughs> Anyways, a new full pager from SNK for future side quest candidate Crystallis on NES is next. We haven't seen this before. They're offering a free strategy guide you can cop by clipping and mailing in the form in the ad. And I couldn't find this strategy guide on archive.org, sadly, or anywhere else. But that would dramatically up its side quest potential, I think, if we had like a full strategy guide for that. So hopefully... Um, that will turn up somewhere. I did googling around find that they had Crystallis has a section on Mike's RPG Center, so at least there's that in the event that we <laughs> we have to or we do side quest Crystallis. Yeah, it's cool too. It's like it's a fun illustration. It's presented as an unfinished puzzle, like jigsaw puzzle, and there's some copy below defining puzzle as is to baffle and disturb mentally, to confuse, confound, bewilder, and befuddle you. You know, which is cool to. Selling the idea of like, even though this is an action-looking game, it is a cerebral experience, and that's a, a good marketing choice, I think. I'm looking at this and saying this is going to be a puzzle game that's going to frustrate me. Great. Yeah. As awesome. a kid, probably yeah. Different, different, <laughs> different vibes on a game like this back then. I, I gathered. We've all gathered. We then start getting sporty with a gauntlet of pro segments, overseas prospects, hot of the arcades, and pro classics. And overseas is looking at a full season simulation focused baseball title from Hudson Soft for the PC Engine, Power League 3. Then we have arcade titles in Hot at the Arcades. We have Bally Midway's Pigskin and Atari's Pit Fighter. Whoo! Yeah, Pit and, Fighter! So this is, yeah, I, I mean, I gotta read this. So the most professional sports are just a step away from being legal mayhem. Take football and boxing, for example. If you take away the rules and penalties, the sophisticated strategies, what do you get? 
Nah, not the New England Patriots and Buster Douglas trainers. You'd probably end up with something like Pigskin and Pitfighter, this month's coin ops. And I don't get what the Patriots reference means there. Like, why did they choose that team specifically? Like, they, like the Patriots were dog shit in 1990-91. They were 1-15 in, in, I think, both years, actually. So I don't know why anyone would aspire towards being the Patriots or talk about... I just don't get why they're citing the Patriots, you know? Who it doesn't make any sense Maybe to Maybe it's the writers' like, favorite team, and that, that's the only maybe, way they get airplay at that time, maybe. you know? <laughs> so, you know? Holy shit! Oh, no. This is Game Pro. Never mind. There. Was... <laughs> that's, yeah, <laughs> we haven't talked connection. about that. So, Al, one of the things we got to the bottom of talking to Al, the whole idea of... It's not a problem for us using the magazines in the way that Game Pro's publisher IDG taking it over in 92 is, but they didn't do those mags in-house. They hired a marketing company to do all the issues prior to IDG taking over in 92. So it wasn't in-house. I mean, it's still Sega directed. Like they would tell them what games they wanted featured, but they didn't make any of the content internally. It was all done by this Boston base, which is what I thought I connected to there. Uh, New New England Patriots Boston. But (laughs) the... That's crazy. Yeah, they did it all. They they hired a marketing firm in Boston that did all those all these early issues of Sega Visions, which kind of floored me. I did not expect to hear that because there's no sign of that anywhere on the internet that they had a that's nuts a, a different publisher. Anyhow, Pigskin is a rugby game set in 60, 621 AD, so it's like rugby, but in caveman Medieval times. Medieval rugby, yeah, like <laughs> it's with something Vikings and stuff. So kind of interesting, I guess. Maybe it might be fun. And Pit Fighter is a proto-Mortal Kombat fighter that uses digitized video capture for the animations. And I seeing that, I had to YouTube it to see, like, kind of what's what. And wait a minute, wait a minute, jo- Josh. I, I can't, I, I'm going to stop you right there. When you say you had to YouTube it to see what's what, are you going to tell me, are you sitting here telling me, after all these years that we've known each other, that you did not play Pit Fighter? Never played Pit Fighter. As a kid? Life, no. It's Atari, oh, I'm sure. I'm sure dude. it was all over your radar, being Atari. But. I mean... It was all over the arcades. I mean, just being at the arcades, that because it looked so real, you know, the way the way that the photography is and their digitized images, sure. like it just it, it's the realest thing we had before Mortal Kombat, and it's right. at the arcade. So it was always this like, yeah, no. oh, this I is like a dollar. Everything else is a quarter. This is a dollar. Like, oh my gosh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah I don't think, like I said, I didn't do a lot of time yeah. in arcades. I said that a million times. That's so true. yeah, yeah, I never seen it. It's pretty fucking bad. It like. <laughs> it's, it's not maybe great. not as it's, it's iconic maybe, though it's not as far from mortal Kombat as i kind of expected it to be maybe but it looked pretty bad like oh it plays nothing like mortal Kombat. It's, sure it's only yeah like mortal Kombat visually and the fact that there's blood well, but even the visually the there's like fewer frames of animation you know like those oh, motorcycles yeah. look like he's picking up a cardboard cutout of a motorcycle oh, sure. and throwing a cardboard cut of a cutout of a motorcycle at 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 the other but characters. still, graphically, this was still amazing at the time. Yeah. Still graphically amazing, if yeah. choppy and you right. Know, early. Well, that yeah, it, it that was the fact that you could pick stuff up. Like it was, it mm-hmm. functionally was interesting, and in that it was it was not just fighting. There was like environmental interactivity and stuff. It was kind of cool. Spent many dollars on this game. That's, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Like it's it's rare to see the how the how at the arcades at this point. In the timeline and see something that's like, oh, yeah, but this was definitely that for me. I can't even think of ever seeing the arcade game once. I'm sure (laughs) 
It's been in arcades. It's just because of no connection to it. You just walk right by. There's so many arcades. You do yeah, especially it. now. But like if you saw it then, you're like, that looks right, like yeah. real. What is this game? Yeah. 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 If I, I mean, 1991, I probably every, I probably had a little bit of Aladdin's Castle exposure in 1991. That would have been right after I moved in with, back in with fucking my dad and intern Jab. So, you know, we might have got to go to, like, Midway Mall and spend a little bit of time in Aladdin's Castle here and there. But it would have been limited time, so I would have been... I was probably playing Rampage the whole time because Rampage was such a, <laughs> such a thing to me to see in the arcades. Yeah. And they also... I mean, you you know, they... I don't know if the Simpsons one was yet, but, like, X-Men. I probably was playing X-Men. You know, shit like that. So, like, things I... Basically, Again, things I... You're not dropping a dollar with. on this one, even yeah. though it looks great, like, unless you really... Especially fighting, yeah, I... I this I don't have a Genesis yet, so I have literally do zero exposure to fighting games. So I have no they're intimidating. I don't know how to play them. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. You gotta know combos and shit. Like I just <laughs> I just fighting games in arcades just never were an approachable thing to me. Oh, oh, I get it. Pro Classics is, as the cover promised, a two-banger for Tech Mobile on the NES, and they start by saying that the game recently smoked all competition in a GamePro Reader Sports game survey, and name titles they didn't come close, or name titles that didn't come close, supposedly, are Punch-Out, Blades of Steel, and Double Dribble, and I, of course, think this is blasphemy, that Mike Tyson's Punch-Out doesn't come close to this game, but uh, that's what happens when you give the idiot masses democracy. This is what happens when you give the idiot masses democracy. Tech Mobile's good, but it ain't fucking Mike Tyson's punch out. Come on. Let's get fucking real here, Jay. <laughs> uh, they go into that survey more later, and we'll talk about that uh, in more depth. Uh, thankfully, they have uh, Pro Shots is basically that list this month. So they have a ton of journalistic bed shittings uh, in here. Uh, beyond that as well, they cite that you can <laughs> clearly discern the sprites for all 11 players on a team. But there's actually only nine per team in this game, so that was one inaccuracy I noted. And they mentioned that time haphazardly flies in the game, which is correct. It does fly. Yes, but they inaccurately state that there's no timeouts allotted, so I guess fucking this dude's never looked at the fucking menu that pops up on the play screen. But you do get three per half, just like in a normal football game. And then I thought, funny enough, like right at, like very disconnectedly, right after that blurb, there's a pro tip telling you to take your time on an offense that the clock doesn't start running until after the play starts. So, like, basically, they directly contradict the idea that the play what? clock just yeah. What are we talking about? Just cruises. Uh, so it's talking out of both sides of your mouth bullshit. So that's not the best basis by which journalistically to be forming opinions if they clearly didn't fully uh, get the experience. I think, but whatever the case. The power meter goes three graphics, three sound, five gameplay, five fun factor, four challenge, and 80% cube. And I can vie with all that, but my Tyson's Punch Out would have higher numbers on particularly graphics, definitely challenge. And definitely challenge, sound. challenge is a five and a half. It's fucking oh, my Tyson's sure. like the hardest thing in the fucking system. So get for the fuck sure. out of here. And also, I think sound. Halfway, half. No, sound is good, man. Did it, did it, you have like. Some no, no, I'm not, I'm not saying the, to make these lower. I'm saying oh, my okay, Tyson's okay. Punch Out, though. Oh, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out has some sound. I think it's definitely at least a four, at least. Right. Yeah, the music is incredible. Yeah. Like the iconic biking sound. Like at at, at my most conservative, I'm giving it a four. Yeah, I mean, what am I saying, actually? Mike Tyson's Punch-Out is fives across the board. It's 100%. (laughs) (laughs) What am I I saying, even? Yeah, there's no debating anything. It's a five, 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 which... Has, it's, has yet to get – maybe that will get a sports pro class or a pro classics eventually because we have yet to see a game pro 
scoring breakdown of Mike Tyson's punch out, I would be very curious to mm. see that. There's, there hasn't been, it's so early too, there isn't a, a power meter for it either, I don't think. So I don't think we've seen that graded by one of these magazines. So mm. uh, that would, I'm sure, send me into a tailspin because I'm sure it wouldn't be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> of course, the MSRP is listed at 44.95 still, so Tecmo ain't scared that it's been out for nearly two years since February of 89. They're still putting that shit at the, the top huh. NES kind of price bracket. So, yeah, that opens the door and reminds us that it exists and perhaps allows it to fit its way into our discussion later this episode. Acclaim has worked a $10 mail-in rebate form into their Double Dragon 2 on NES full pager, and that's dropped in before Tecmo and opens the door for you to, yes, pitch me on this game up here in a few minutes, actually, because we keep seeing this. Uh, Acclaim also tacks on the Total Recall ad here, which we've also seen a bunch. That great shot from the movie of... Fucking Arnie. Ar- yeah, Arnie fucking <laughs> yelling. Ah! You, you can hear. It's, it's, it's one of the few ads in any of these magazines that you can hear, which is For fucking sure. great. Yeah. <laughs> A cool new thing comes next an index of the entire 1990 GamePro printing run. And this is cool. I, I really, this is uh, from a, I don't know, historical perspective, it's a cool feature. Mm-hmm to add to one of these magazines. It's an alphabetized list of every hardware and software product featured throughout the entire year. And it's paired with what month issue and the page number in that issue. And there's also a parenthetical of what kind of feature it's, whether it's a ProView, a ProShop, ProClassic, Cutting Edge, whatever the case. So very cool and very clever way to sell back issues for sure also, but genuinely helpful, I think, for subscribers as well. So, Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, cool. I thought it was a great listing. I, yeah. I mean... Obviously, we've seen seen them all, but like I actually scanned through it. Like, all right, is there anything that I need to revisit? And right, right, replay, yeah, go, yeah, going yeah. through. Here? Super helpful so cool. if, if you're a total nerd about this stuff. Is yeah, it's a great <laughs> a great tool to have in your toolbox. And then Todd's back in the Adventures of Game Pro. After that, and a bunch of Game Boy ads. Uh, it's Chapter 16, titled "Thriller," featuring the NES title, rhyming "Chiller." So a lot of. <laughs> Ingenuity put into that title, and he's in a graveyard dealing with zombies after a highly expositional interlude with Zardoth. And this is really all just set up for the next installment where we are teased that Todd is going moonwalking. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the end panel, has him falling at the feet and uh, of someone, and all we see is like their shoe and the pant leg, and it's clearly MJ. <laughs> yeah. Even with that, literally that, Michael Jackson. Yeah, even, <laughs> even with that limited, the the pants are high water, which I guess is a very telling yeah. attribute. Oh, for and, sure. The yeah. the socks are sparkling, like right? it's clearly Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, between the moonwalking thing and the image, no question that we're getting moonwalker like, next. So that's like, good job. I suppose. Nobody has high water pants that sparkle and glitter, glitter <laughs> except for except him. Mike. Like, Ultimate Basketball game theme from the NES version uh, of that game. Bring us into the middle portion of Game Pro 18. And we open here with the SMS Hot Fire Library 2-banger that Tonka's been pumping out recently in an attempt to desperately fan yeah. the flames of Sega's Epit offerings while the Genesis runs amok on their user base. And uh, a lot of this is either awful or vastly inferior to the Genesis version already out. For sure. For sure. But yeah, but the handful I plugged into our game app options list were Alex Kidd in Shinobi World, Psycho Fox, Rainbow Three, and Double Dragon. And for some reason, Jay, that I cannot fucking explain, 
I fired up Double Dragon for a refresher. And oh, dude, this okay, Double Dragon, okay. it is so so much better than the NES game. Oh, so much better. Ah, and it just it it just looks and feels so much closer to the arcade version of the wow. game than the NES one is capable of accomplishing probably, but definitely whether it Doesn't actually matter. does or not. It's like it's almost immeasurable, dude. And and like the NES game feels to me like a standalone NES game, like so many others by comparison. There's so many side-scrolling deals, almost like they build up from scratch, and it just so happens to mostly mirror the story of the arcade game. You know what I mean? <laughs> as far as like the flow of the game, like it's not Double Dragon. Yeah. It's just like kind of a Double Dragon, like in the in the world of Double Dragon. This feels like the arcade game, you know, and obviously it also has the co-op feature too, which is critical to enjoying Double Dragon. I think so. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. No further words needed as long as the co-op's there. I think as far as whether the quality's better and it's worth playing. But, yeah, I mean, I played all the way through the first level. And I kind of wanted to play the second level, I think, after I finished it. So That's shocking. I don't know. Yeah, I think... I think maybe I want to do a game episode on this is what I was... Like, I was like... I, I think... Yeah, I think... Whoa. I think turning Whoa. back the clock for a, um. for a Master System game might be in our discussion later. I mean, um, I don't I don't believe in aliens and stuff, but like who are you and what did you do with my friend Josh? Like, <laughs> I usually call him Folan, so like I don't know who you are. That's 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 shocking. That's shocking to hear you say it. Like I clearly love Double Dragon 2, Double Dragon 3, like I've I mean I played Double Dragon 2 sometime in the last three years. I just played all the way through it. Like I love those games. Like Double Dragon 1 is clearly the worst of them. Like, the other ones are, you know, add more to it, which are fun. On the, I think the on the that NES, like, this dude, is still though, that's the thing. On the NES, I think you're thinking of NES games, and you're right. Well, yeah. No, I, I get it. Trust me, as as the kid who had to play the Atari version and <laughs> looked, up, looked up to, I was looking up to the NES version, right? Yeah. But I understand, like, looking like looking back and understanding the whole landscape now, like, I understand NES had... Like, their first-party games, Mario, clearly, Mario, Zelda, those drove everything. And, like, the other games that came along later were great. Different genres, like your Star Tropics, your RPGs and stuff were great. But, like, some of these ports were just, they, they did they were not, like, like, there was a reason that arcade quality was 100 and Nintendo quality was always, like, subpar in some, in some respect. And clearly, you know, the Genesis did a way better job of getting close to arcade quality. So it does... I am not surprised. And I'm Sega, surprised, you, know, Sega, I'm surprised Sega, you liked it, but I'm not surprised for you to say that. Okay. Yeah, and, you know, and Sega... That's the thing, is Sega is an arcade company still, you know, at the, at this time. Exactly. I mean. So so that makes they, sense. You know, the idea that they would do a, a better job of emulating an arcade game is probably perfectly logical. But yeah, it's, it's I really enjoyed it. And like, the thing I enjoyed about it, I think the most... Cause, like the 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 fighting had nuance, and maybe it's just different and a lack of familiarity with familiarity with it relative to the NES version. But I felt like there was more variance to whether or not I could kick the fuck out of someone, and that in turn made it more interesting. The thing I hate about these kinds of games, beat 'em ups, in most cases, is it's just a rinse and repeat activity. You're just doing the exact same flowchart to interact oh. with each enemy over and over and over and over again. Uh, that's what I hate. That's but, why I mean, games like this and River City Ransom are good because you there really is variability. Like you can you can punch, you can kick, you can throw, you can flip, 
you can like this one i definitely cannot fight this enemy the same way because he's taller so like i kind of have to come at him from either sure. above or behind the you know good I mean? ones like, yes that's yes. why the good ones are good but i'm saying why most of them aren't good is because but that's what it I'm saying, isn't why that. i like double dragon like you just yeah maybe you didn't get into it well get to appreciate well i'm i'm saying that <laughs> the nes port doesn't have that of the first game I'm saying. I'm not suggesting no, I believe you. I'm not suggesting Double Dragon 2 or 3 didn't have that. Yeah, they have said, a lot I, more. Yeah, that's right. what I'm saying. Yeah, for sure. Uh but that's what I'm saying is I think this Double Even Dragon has 1 has more, has more of that and and that was a, a pleasant discovery. Uh picking it back up. So yeah, that was I don't know. Again, I don't have an like we've seen this ad a bunch of times. We've seen all the games in it before. There was, I don't know why I looked at that and I was like, I'm going to play double dragon right now. I just said, I don't have an well, explanation for it. <laughs> I don't know, man. There's something, this is a good ad though. Like we've seen the same, the regular ads like that they've always done, but something about the fire. Sure. No, every, t- every time it's I see good these ad. white, every time I see these white boxes, I have a deep nostalgic reaction for a system I never owned. But like, that was like, still popular around Nintendo and these were hot games that were still popping off. So when I see them, I'm still like, Oh, what, what were those games? You know, like, I don't know. There's still that reaction. I am, I am equally intrigued, but it's for a completely different reason. It is, (laughs) it's fascination and a desire to find nuggets in a system that I knew nothing about and think so low of, even after, even from a modern perspective, going through these games, like that's one of my biggest disappointments about this podcast experience has been, I've said it before, but that, you know, going into that 8-bit era, I expected to find a bunch of shit in the master system that were those glorious discoveries like we just talked about for Punisher, were just like... Uh. You know these these great yeah, games no. <laughs> that pass that I pass right by it because I didn't know they existed back then, and I expected to find so much more of those, so many more of those, in doing this, going through the eight bit era for Sega, and it just has no. not happened as much as I would have hoped. So I was, I am very excited whenever I do find one that you know the again the stalwart for this is Monster yeah. Boy Three. Like that game was just fucking so good you know so yeah yeah, whenever we can find one that is worth playing uh, it excites me because i want to have more of an affinity for this system because again i I think it technologically superior in every way you know so just the salt we just need the software again like i just talked about earlier the only reason it didn't work (laughs) is because nes had all the fucking software so when i find software for the better system it's exciting you know so this was an instance of that again even though I I pretty I almost certain I've tried this before, but it felt kind of a new to me, uh, which I guess is all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Then it is back to the cover feature for some sports ball coverage, b ball style, and they start with Lakers versus Celtics. Jay, they give this game a perfect score, fives across the board, and that is fucking wild. And I know you have to look at it through the lens of January 1991, but. Perfect. Get the fuck out. I don't know. I'm, I, I think yeah. we're, I think we're done with this magazine. I think we're done. <laughs> like I'll, yeah. I'll I mean, I love these games in the Genesis era. So like, I it's not like I'm like, oh fuck those games. Again, a especially perfect? yeah. What perfect is about? nuts. Nuts. What are we talking? Nuts. About? It's it's and it's not like I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's not like they're just handing out perfects. You know, it's not like oh, like, oh, all they do is give perfects to fucking whatever. But like, there's a lot of that here. Like this dude, this guy specifically is doing a lot of these Genesis games and the what's what's which fan fanatic is his name and the the pen name and 
there's another one too where he is just, he is just I think it might be Madden or which uh, also the great football game so sure but like he is just jazzed about these Genesis fucking sports titles dude you know which again like I know they were at the time just like mind blowing comparatively to like to, we have actual NBA teams like look we got logos right. we got colors Jordan you can play as Jordan like, and do 360 like, dunks with what? Jordan over a motherfucker's like, heads this? like yes that's yeah. incredible but Perfect is crazy. You got to have some more, I don't know, you got to have some more journalistic integrity (laughs) than just handing out perfect. I don't know. Perfect is crazy. Uh, Perfect is crazy to me. So that was a lot to to see when that's like the first thing I drew my eyes to is those meters and like, holy shit, I'm perfect. Like, wow. (laughs) You're like, whoa. Did you you agree? Did you agree with that perfect? I do not agree with that perfect. uh, No. (laughs) Again, like, I liked these games. I thought Lakers were successful. You know, it's the first one. So, of course, it's weaker than the latter installments. Too, so that's also wild to me. That's the first one, and you're giving this one a perfect. But again, I guess maybe it's just. If I do remember, yeah, it, it definitely. Who had it? Somebody I knew had it, and I just remember playing it and being like, "Oh my gosh, this game is freaking great!" Like, I, yeah. I don't know if I would say fives. Like, it's hard for me to say anything is perfect. You know, like five out of five, everything. But that, like, I do remember even at the time thinking this is a. That is a solid freaking game. I want to play more of that. And obviously the later editions, I would absolutely. And I guess maybe a factor that I'm not taking into account here is what I have just been screaming from the rooftops since we started this podcast is how dog shit every basketball game has been to date. You know, and this Lakers vs. Celtics was the first game that even came close to a real true experience, an NBA experience in particular with license. And it's got the simulation components of like, you have to fucking substitute Mm -hmm. and like play lineups and swap motherfuckers out or they aren't as good. And like Mm -hmm. shit like that, it was all new here too. And I, you know, I will say even compared to the games that we will talk about later that I have much more nostalgic affinity for playing them now. I'm like, man, I, I, I get it. Like I could, I could see, you know, like I could be persuaded. Perfect, but I I could I could see I could be persuaded. Yeah, yeah. David, you talk about who had this game, like the the late David Camargo. I've spoken about had mm. he was my he was my Genesis buddy, my inroad to the Genesis. He had it, he had everything, and he had the the Genesis super early. So he was the reason, almost certainly, that I bought one uh, and wanted one. And he, I remember he had this game uh, for sure, and it was it. I'm sure I don't remember the experience of playing it for the first time, but I'm sure it was flooring to say the least. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, Fan Fanatic just goes wild for the game and the page plus of pros he put down on it. And then they have a little box talking about each of the eight teams in the game. And these are the eight that made the quarterfinals round in the 89 to 90 season. So it so makes sense. Yeah. And, yeah, it was fun reading in particular, I guess. It was fun reading all of them just because, you know, sports. But it was interesting and fun to read the perspective on the Bulls team at this time. Did you read this one? So it's just prior to the start of the three-peat, basically. And it the way he describes it here is Jordan dragging them into the playoffs with no help at all. But some guy named Scottie Pippen had just finally emerged in the last in these playoffs to give him a bit of help. And this is this is the two years that the Pistons won back to back, which the Pistons are what stood in Jordan's way. You know, so it's just funny how, you know, perspectives of Go course back change. To that. Yep. Yeah, perspectives <laughs> change, obviously, as shit time passes. So it, it was cool to read that uh, here. 
The MSRP for this is a $49.95 sticker price, and the it's for a, a five meg cart in this case. And yeah, I don't know, Jay. Perfect, perfect score. That's wild. perfect score. <laughs> I mean, if you're looking for like NBA basketball five on five, like on a quality system with quality graphics and stuff, like I get it. Like at at that point, like. I can understand, especially when we compare. Them I can't understand. To, there's no way you. There's no way you can, compar- can convince me. I understand. I'm not. I'm not saying score. perfect. I'm not saying it's perfect. good. Like you, you gotta. Good. You gotta. You gotta drop something down. You gotta give it like a less of a challenge. You gotta drop it to four. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if it's five challenge, but I think it, I'm trying to like. Again, I've, every time we've picked it back up these so far for the pod, like I have had a very difficult time because it's like you're not familiar with the controls and yeah. shit yet, and like. You got to remember the nuances. This has a lot of like, because it's a slow plotting deal. And kind of like we mm-hmm. talked about with NES Play Action, like it does that so you can use strategy and like pump fakes are a thing in this game. And like, you know, the the strategic but, component but is, of basketball. But, is, but, it, but even like to take that even step back a second, is a five challenge, like does that make it not challenge or the highest challenge? You know what I mean? The is highest that challenge. Is that yeah, the, the highest, highest challenge? Yeah, five is the I highest possible challenge. I don't know if I'd say it though. Well... I definitely would not say that then. It's not the highest challenge, especially when I think of other basketball big games we're about to talk about. <laughs> well, I guess it's good challenge. It's not just like bullshit challenge, you know, just because it's not, it doesn't just mean hard. It means like competitive and interestingly challenging. <laughs> not just like, I okay. can't be, not just like <laughs> Silver Surfer, I can't beat it. It's not, right? Not, yeah, that's not what it means. In my, You're going to sit through a cut screen every yeah. time. Yeah. The next basketball title is American Sammy's Ultimate Basketball, and this is just brutal. They praise it for pulling a lot of the good from Double Dribble and trying to add some simulation layers of merit. It gets three threes for all the tangibles, graphic sound gameplay, and a four and the intangibles, fun and challenge, or rather a four and fun and five and challenge, and 72% cum in total. So, uh. I don't know. I think you you got a little bit more love for this game than me. I think. Yeah, dude, I played this a ton as a kid, and it's it's way like I liked it as a kid a lot more. I feel like, but it is way too easy to steal the ball, and that gets so frustrating, man. Like almost yeah. every pass is a steal, and I'm like, this is not this is not fun. But like I seeing the screens and like going through it and getting some shots and stuff, I'm like, okay, I definitely remember nostalgia. Like, heavy. yep renting this this is this was definitely a rental and like renting this maybe even a couple of times because it's like right, it's a basketball game i'm not I'm i don't feel like i ever even it, heard of this back then <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is 100 percent a real but i mean i wasn't i don't think i didn't get into basketball until like late grade school probably i i didn't start like it was not again that like those those Jordan oh, versus Dominique. Fully on basketball. Those, those fourth right grade <laughs> Jordan versus Dominique are my first, are my formative basketball, uh, Jordan Dominique arguments are my formative mm-hmm. basketball affinity uh, memories. So yeah, I was gotcha. probably 10 or 11 before I even started like kind of paying attention. Even then it was just, oh. like I said, I think I was just aspiring to be part of the cool kid crowd. Not actually, <laughs> I wasn't watching basketball really yet. That's I started fair. watching it not long after. Like I, I have like, I have a very visceral memory of watching the 1992 All-Star game. Like the one where Magic came back and played and, and shit, you know. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 Everybody I, was watching that. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I can remember where I was, like the room I was sitting in watching that. So that's, that's, that's like crazy. one of my first basketball Dang. memories. So that's obviously much later than this. 
especially on the child timeline, a full year is like a fucking eternity. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they want forty nine ninety five for this two meg MMC three chip enabled cart, which I don't know if you're keeping fucking track, but it's the same price as Lakers versus Celtics. I mean, it's a different that's system, crazy. though. It's yeah. a different system, so it's yeah, it's an like... older, shittier system. Tough sell in this game economy. That's what it is. <laughs> right? But at least there are options, like the next one we're about to talk about. Yeah, acclaims basketballer arch rivals is that next one, and the writer of Fantastic Fan again. He did all these reviews, and he rightfully warns us this: is, this is not like. For anyone even vaguely interested in simulation of actual basketball. <laughs> that, is, that is purely arcade fun, and I think that is apt to say. And he gives it all threes, except a foreign gameplay, which is... That's that's cute. harsh, man. I think that's harsh. It's I agree. It's way more fun. It cumes out to a 64. Yeah, it cumes out to a 64. I agree that, that fun factor should be higher, at least a four, maybe a five. And... You know, the MSRP is uh, is a more reasonable forty nine forty four ninety five even as a new game. I don't give any tech specs for it, but I'm sure it's in the same range as that two meg MMC three enabled, uh, as far as the hardware goes. But yeah, it's, yeah, this game is just just the novelty of it is so much more fun, and it is a very. I, I it was interesting to to mention all the dumbing downs from the arcade game, which I have no familiar familiarity with. So I think that's part mm-hmm. of the kind of the. I could see that the jadedness yep. towards it is it, it dumbs down, which you know that happened with. Most of the arcade It happens boards. with everything. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. Everything so. of this era that goes to NES, it's not going to be the same. You, right. you you understand that coming in. So if you're – so that that is a downside though. Like you've played at the arcade and you're coming in like this is what I'm getting. You're going to de- be disappointed if that's your thought. I did right. not have that expectation thankfully. Right. Like I've seen it in arcades but I, I learned – I knew what that was all about. This th- – when I first started playing this again, it didn't feel like it was going to hold up for me. I was like, oh, this feels like earlier generation, a lot earlier gen than I remember. Like, it feels a lot more basic. And clearly, I was a kid, obviously. But, like, it felt, oh, so great. Now, looking at it, I'm like, man, this feels this feels whack. Like, this feels like an Atari-type game. But the shooting still feels good. It's, it's and fun, I still man. had fun. It's, so, no it's fun. It's, it's, it was such a, <laughs> it's such a perfect design decision to make that kind of, like, the super arcade-style game. It would have been awful if it was five on five. It would have been oh, no, so absolutely. cluttered Couldn't and awful. Do it. Do it. Yeah. It's like the funnest part of that game is running full court with your fist drawn back and just <laughs> fucking slamming some dude in the head. On the try to shoot the, Try to shoot it. I dare you to try to yeah, shoot it. Yeah, ju- yeah. It's just, it's, it's, they perfectly designed for what the game is supposed to be, I think. Yeah. It's a yeah. Fun game. They, he's underselling this, this fun for yeah. sure, man. It'd be tough. I mean, it's one of those games that like 100% fun to play. I don't. I wouldn't want to sit and play it for a game app. I don't want to play it that much. But it's just a pop into casually every now and again and fuck with. It's a. It's still a fun game. Exactly. And then the other two are Game Boy joints, and you know that's not our bag here. But I do. I hadn't. I didn't remember it at all. But seeing that NBA All Star Challenge from LJ fucking in jarred some nostalgia for me that I I thought worth mentioning. I don't. I, I maybe Jab had it, or I don't. I, I don't remember where I would have been exposed to this. But seeing the screenshots, I was like, "Oh fuck yes, that game was fucking fun, dude!" So it's it's got 27 NBA players in it, and you know, ton of superstars in there, of course. And uh, it's got a bunch of game modes, it's like a kind of a mini game type thing. But it's also got a full on one on one mode with a tournament aspect to it that was really yeah, well done. And I remember you would expect. <laughs> I remember I would expect you know you would expect. In a game full of all those minigame bullshits for that part to kind of suffer. 
it didn't like that was the 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 piece mentions it too but that's its shining moment is the the one-on-one aspect of it which that's thankfully so but the the mini games are fun too horse and the three-point challenge and shit that shit was fun the free throw thing like that shit was all fun too but yeah this was a a shockingly good game i could remember how again just seeing a few screenshots how fondly i remembered the game as a result of those you know same cool same this i think this was the era I don't think I own this game. I feel like this might have been the brief era where you could rent Game Boy games too. But I, you know what I mean? So I, I 100% played it. Like may, maybe, I mean, I guess there's off chance I found it like a flea market or a yard sale or something like that uh, eventually. But yeah, I definitely remember those screenshots as well. I was like, oh, this is that game. Yeah. That, that free throw, the one of the free throw behind Yeah, the thing. free throw. Oh, yeah. Because so, his yeah. arm is. Yeah, because yeah, that art. <laughs> It looks by Game Boy standards. It looks so good, you know. They look, the, the the sprite work is so good, and the the headshots of the players again just look so much. I can't believe how much uh, as an LJN game, how much effort went into it. You know, really. So good. you got to put some respect on LJN's name. Put some respect. Uh, I guess on LJN. Punisher. This. <laughs> I've, I mean, I've said before. I think Jaws and Five Thirteenth are way better than they get credit for. So <sighs> you know, we've always you know it's a known fact that that's that's AVGN mentality to, to overly shit on ljn but yeah sometimes it's margin not in this case though yeah they give it a 76 percent q which i i think that is probably just about right all fours That's except fair. sound so not bad not bad your joint jackie chance kung fu shit oh. and then also also more jay fodder and solstice they get ads uh, getting us uh, over to football and coverage. And John Madden Football and the Genesis comes first. And again, Fantastic Fan is handling all these as well. And Homeboy just gushes about the simulation upgrades to previous football games we've seen. Audibles, passing system, defensive strategy, and uh, how fucking great it all is, even though there's only 16 unlicensed teams. Though player stats are still modeled after the actual NFL iteration, so who cares, probably, ultimately. But I actually, I again... Played it a bunch already. I I keep forgetting that it only has sixteen teams. I never remember that that it doesn't have a full um, thirty teams. Yeah, in the era. Yeah, it gives fives for gra- for graphics, gameplay, and fun. Four in sound, three in challenge, and there's a pro tip that really supports that three in the challenge too. It reads: the computer almost always runs a halfback counter as its first play of the game, and it's like, whoa, yeah, time to fire that OC with that caveman play calling bullshit. Like literally a <laughs> fucking counter every time. So that's not good. But 88% Kum, uh, he summates by exclaiming: helmets off to the folks at Electronic Arts for satisfying every football fan's dream. And that, funny enough, follows a gripe about a rulebook flaw he must have clocked in gameplay, being you apparently can advance a fumble in the game, and he states that is not permitted in the NFL, which, again, this motherfucker is wrong about. And it's it's a bit of a, this one's more, maybe more of a technicality. He's just not fully explained himself. But you can advance a fumble in the NFL. You And even this was, the rule was the same then, too, because this is a rule that came out of that Oakland fumble rule where they tried to fumble Ruski it into the fucking end zone for a touchdown and change the entire rule book because of it. But the offense can advance a fumble. It's just got to be the player that fumbled it. Someone else on offense can't advance the fumble. And on defense, you can do it. It's fucking free for all. You can obviously pick it up right, and run it back. So, so that's a bad thing to be bitching about specifically, I think. Um, but it's funny that, you know, Madden trying to replicate simulation stuff like, you know, things get lost in the fire, I'm sure. So it, it is funny that you probably can't. Any, I'm sure any offensive player can't pick it up. In, this, in fact, I kind of have vague memories of that. Like the ball, the fumbling in early Maddens is like yeah. kind of 
It's almost like it's it's not as bad as Tecmo, where it's like truly just like a nonsensical jumble mass. Yeah, where's you know? it go? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but fucking, uh, it is pretty fucking all over the place, you know. So I can see just anyone picking it up and just fucking running that shit back, and it being frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> That is a forty nine ninety five MSRP as well. Joe Montana for SMS follows that, which surprised me. Oh, I even had to like I had written it already in the SMS. notes as the as Genesis one. Genesis before I was like, oh wait a minute, this is SMS. So it's interesting. I don't know why he says it's not out yet. It's just I think it just means they were doing it because it, it did come out for Genesis. It's out now. We talked about it already. So that's not right. It just must have when they were doing this piece, it wasn't out yet. So they were doing the SMS one. Which is kind of fucked, I think. And it probably, mm. honestly, I mean, I don't know. Sega was probably, I bet Al was still pissed because he was only doing Genesis, like I said. But yeah. Sega I might not have been upset about it. Uh, but you would think Al would probably be pretty pissed that they were, because that was like, again, we talked about it at the top of this. Like, this is the big get for them, Joe Montana. He wants Joe Montana flying front and center for the Genesis, too. So he probably hated this particular feature not having the Genesis version of it. But whatever the case, he shits, uh, Fanatic here shits on it being licensed schlock, mostly that Montana didn't really have any hand in other than the play calling stuff that we talked about, kind of liking actually. But he does say it's an upgrade from Walter Payton football on SMS if you are still stuck on that system. Oh my gosh. 64% Q, 29.95 MSRP, and then... Uh, we're moving into NES Play Action and Fantastic Fan starts with a barb about the uh, lengthy deployment and relayed or delayed release for this game that we've talked about a million times. So that's his first how he how he opens it up is some more shitting on that. And then he calls it a definitive upgrade over previous NES football games, Tecmo and John Elway specifically, which is interesting that he I don't know. I if you're really gonna be I think you. I would. I never compare the two. Basically, I guess is what I'm getting at here. Like they're completely different experiences. One's an arcade yeah. experience. One's a simulation experience. They're great in their own way. I would never say one is better than the other in an overall sense. They're like completely. Yeah. The only thing they have in common is it's supposedly football. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's literally the only thing they have in common. So right. uh, that's a tough thing to say. I think um, John Elway. I hear because that is just an awful game, but. He, they, he bitches about the dumb a computer AI that we griped about, too. So I thought that was funny. That he like talks about players just running out of bounds and shit, which is one of the things I... I <laughs> like, what are we doing? Yeah, I really hated. He did have the, one of the pro tips. Fucking... My vote goes out to you for employee of the month. One of the pro tips is the Ronnie Lott onside kick thing. So <laughs> specifically Ronnie Lott, not just onside kicks. Yeah. He specifically talks about Ronnie Lott fucking just taking that shit back. <laughs> and he's like, I think, I think the numbers he quoted was 33 to 50% of the time you're scoring a touchdown, which... That sounds much closer than to the quarter of a time, maybe. And they were just, I don't think they were talking about touchdowns there. They were just saying recovering it. He's saying you were scoring a touchdown 33 to 50% of the time, which sounds more like my speed, maybe, of what I would wow. quote with Ronnie Lott. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> and made me very happy. A uh, nice passage here that I think supports kind of our takes on this is it's in four player mode. This cart really cooks. As a solo contest, it's above average and definitely worth a look. We'll call it a strong playoff contender with stars at the skill positions that has some glaring weaknesses. So I like that analogy. Mm -hmm. And by the numbers, it gets three in the tangibles, graphics, sound, and gameplay, and then fours in the other two fun and challenge. For a 68% cum, it's a little lower than I think I would like to see. But, you know, again, this is, it's a different strokes for different folks thing. I understand that's not a game for everyone, so... 
And I think ultimately, even though we remember it fondly, I think we do. I think we, even with our nostalgia, were a little disappointed. So maybe, yep. you know. Yeah, like playing these, playing all of these football games in the order that we have been playing them in the last over the last couple episodes. I did not think that I would say, yeah, Madden is the best game. Madden's what I would play. You know, I did not expect that. In my mind, it's like, and he has play action football. And then, you know, this and that. But now I'm like, yeah, I mean, Madden is the game. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. What we have here. Yeah, like, again, I think the Genesis version of Montana, it's close. Clearly better. Yeah. It's, it's, clearly it's a dip. It's a SMS. Well, yeah, clearly than SMS. But I just mean close enough to Madden that. It warrants a conversation. I think. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think we yep. talked about. I think our specific was. It's just like. Yep. It doesn't look like it'll be as fun, but for some reason, when you play it, it is. You know. Whereas Madden is just kind of the known leader, so yep. you know, obviously. But yeah, Montana is a lot closer than I think you would expect as far as the experience goes. Yeah. Uh, they quote the MSRP on NES Play Action at thirty nine ninety five for Meg Cart. Well, they're just coming out, too. I, I'm surprised that that's... And it'd be a Nintendo proprietary. I'm surprised it's not a little more, you know? Yeah. Especially as a format card. It's not even a two, so... And MC3, too. So it's, you know, it's not like... I don't know. Or actually, that might have been MMC4 because it had the diagonal thing, I think. No, I think that was MMC3. Whatever the case. Uh, I would expect it to be a little higher. Following that, it is now time for Johnny Arcade's editorial contribution to the issue, weighing in from his video power TV show Throne, where he does journalism <laughs> on the burgeoning roller skate-focused cottage industry. And here we have Konami's beat-em-up on wheels, roller games, and a traditional roller derby sports joint that never gets released, War on Wheels from Jalico. We've fucked with roller games before. It's Konami, so it's by no means a disaster, but I didn't care for the on-wheels part of a beat-em-up, which is what it is, and... Uh, yeah, I think you, you kind of enjoyed it, I believe, yeah? I kind of enjoyed it, but I kept falling in the manholes, so I just kind of put it aside. <laughs> yeah, that was really, a good grip. Like, yeah, yeah fucking totally manholes. Like, sucks. <laughs> but this time, it's funny. Like, I made it so much farther this time. I fought mini bosses. I just kept going. Like, my boys were kind of watching me play, and like, I, I don't know. It was a lot more fun than I expected. Like, I just kind of, I don't know, maybe I was just more focused this time. I mean, time. it's Konami. Like, you know, yeah. they give it a fucking ridiculous 88% cube, so that's awfully fucking good. It's that, got fives that, and graphics fun and challenge. And I, That's what I'm saying. Once, once I got used to it, man, it was, I was impressed. You, you know what it was? <laughs> One of those instances where I forgot what game we were playing. And I thought it was, like, I was thinking roller derby. So I was like, oh, roller, roller games, what is this? And then I turned it and I was like, oh, it's this game again. But I just, like, just focused and just kept going and going. I was like, okay, I'm getting the hang of it. I'm liking it like this. I could see this being a game. There's definitely a game here. If I rented this as a kid, I'm like jamming and continuing to have fun now. You know, I've gotten past like the little, the stupid hump sure. what, that was causing me an issue before. Just the yeah, the initial hurdle of it. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, like I fucking beat them ups, not my favorite thing. So like adding some sort of complication to that. Was not necessarily pleasant. I don't know, but again, it's, it's, it's kind it's, of fun. It's, it's kind Konami. of fun doing the ramps and jumping in in between yeah. those. I don't know why it is like landing those landing those those jumps is a fun thing. That's yeah, funny. Like you're, you, you say that, and it for some reason the first thing that pops in my head is Battletoads, which I love that game. So, you know, that's a beat 'em up too. Obviously, it's just yeah, got yeah. better mechanics in my view. 
But if you, yeah, maybe if I got past the hurdle, that I would enjoy that more. Because again, Konami, it's hard to believe that it's a true stinker being a Konami game. And Johnny Arcade, like I said here, sure thinks it's great. Yeah, it's definitely not. It's, I, I definitely have revised my opinion. It okay. Is, yeah, there's the game there. Understood. The other one is straight up roller derby, as you might have, uh, as you were thinking, this one was Jalico's Cart. Mm-hmm. Even though, like I said, it doesn't come out, but uh, he must have had a prototype or what have you. He gives it a more modest, but still not bad, 76% for just a straight up roller derby game. Um, I don't know. Both those numbers, like, I feel like. Because he's not doing these on a regular basis. He just gets like this one-off thing and he's like he's probably yeah. doing that on his fucking lunch. <laughs> Shooting the show, you know, he's fucking not doing this shit uh, with any real fucking like scrutinizing journalistic perspective or anything. So they're probably a little higher than maybe a more seasoned reviewer would give them. But um, yeah. After that, we are dealt the Dragon Warrior 2 full pager again, but there is an interesting addition to it in this go-round. I posted this on the socials. Got some some fun uh, banter going on with it. But it's at, a banner at the bottom is headlined Dragon Warrior 3 pre-release contest. I'm listening. And uh. it, it reads, Defeat the diabolical, diabolical Hargon. Send victory comments. A hero's biography in a photo of yourself next to the final screen to Enix America Corporation. 20 select players a month, which is not a small number, I would say, in the aggregate will receive Dragon Warrior paraphernalia, whatever the fuck that means, with the chance to win a pre-release Dragon Warrior 3 pack. And yeah, I just fucking love this dude. I love I love the I love getting the idea or getting the game pre-release. That's dope as fuck, of course, but I really appreciate the entry requirements. Like the victory comments is a very fun thing. Like I beat the game. How much shit do I want to talk about that in written form? Right now, that's fun. And then also the hero's biography. And I think a Todd hero biography would have been fucking fin- uh, fantastic to uh, to write. So there's just a lot of fun stuff in there, I think. that um, I think this means... See. This means Dragon Warrior 3, immediate side quest. Oh, immediate uh, well, side yeah, quest, I superseding mean, everything. Uh, I mean, we, it, it's, <laughs> it's not out yet, so we can't, Jay. I know, I'm kidding. But I think it's pretty... Uh, likely that it'll happen. I just hope for your sake it's not before we get to Star Tropics so you can shut the fuck up about Star Tropics. <laughs> Why so much hate for Star Tropics? Not hate. It's, not hate. It must. It must not be hate. I just. I just. I just don't want to hear that argument for every <laughs> side quest conversation we have. I want to get it off our plate so you have to come up with something new. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair just. Enough. Just as I'm sure you felt about my. Fantasy Star to argument. I'm, I have yes, a little yes. doubt that this is a one-way street. <laughs> <laughs> then we start hardcore pro-viewing with more ultra action. Ski or Die, a snow sport minigame collection in the same vein as its skateboarding predecessor. And Man. Jab had this. We fucking love this game as kids. So I am partial to it, even though I know Slasher Quan here gives it a dog shit 68% cume. And I think that's fucking bullshit. A three for fun factor is a video game journalism atrocity in my view. Like if you yeah. want to shit, I mean, I mean, it's, it's also ultra. So probably hard to say the graphics are bad too. You know, it's Konami. It's not, doesn't it, some of the, some of the like actual gameplay stuff is a little zoomed out and kind of not great. Maybe, I don't but know, like, man. but like some of the, like the, the video store art or the, sorry, the, like the stage selection art with fucking Rodney, in snow gear and shit is fucking dope as fuck looking. And, you know, there's a lot of enough good looking things. And, like, that snowball game that I, is my favorite thing. And Slasher Quan's here, fucking his biggest gripe. It's my favorite event in the game. 
uh, looks fantastic. That's a very that's a great visual, I think. You know, so did you you played it? Yeah, I got very. I got strong California games vibes. Yeah, sure. Like, that's it's what mini I got. game thing. Like, yeah, like playing the half pipe was very fun for me. Like I felt like. I don't know. Like I had a lot of fun doing that. This is this is a great I, game. I thought dude. I I thought I would hate this game. Like I thought I don't I don't know what I was thinking. I clearly was thinking about something completely different, and so I came into this with very low expectations and having fun. I was like, okay, okay. Yeah, I feel like this is a I game. Did not, did not he see that one coming at all? I didn't remember seeing this game anywhere else. It's so weird to me that Jab had it. We weren't like snow sports. Like we're not getting anywhere near a skiing fucking trip or anything in our household growing up. So I don't know where the fuck <laughs> he would have gotten the inclination to get this game, but he did. And yeah, I just feel like I didn't see it anywhere. You see Skater Die everywhere. Everyone had that game, you know? And yeah. and like that's this fucking cat's slasher quan here's gripe is that it's just a reskinning of Skater Die. But I mean I would say like it's way shittier across the board in quality in every possible way, Skater Die. Like all those games are dog shit. And the one he bitches the most about losing, the pool joust, is like is awful. It's not it's so awful. And like the idea that he's pissed that that's gone in favor of what I think is the best mini game the snowball fight like that's his biggest bitch is crazy to me so like fuck this guy this guy's an asshole yeah, choose, choose, <laughs> your argu- choose your argument should they is it not a reskinning should they or should they have left it in reskinned it to something else what what is it What's right yeah i mean yeah i don't know yeah exactly yeah that's actually a good point like you're bitching that it's they made some actual original changes and that's when you're saying it's a reskin that's a really good point uh and even, even <laughs> like, more come on yeah even undercuts the argument even more but yeah dude like that, that did, did you like the snowball one I didn't even play the snowball one. Oh, dude, the snowball one is fucking great. It's like a it's like a tower defense type deal where you're in this you're on like a mountain or whatever or a hill and you got like a little radar and you can turn like in quadrants. So you like turn all four cardinal directions, right? And you have a little radar and you can see where the kids throwing snowballs at you are at so you know where to turn you know and then it it works like honestly i know i've clearly already demonstrated that i'm partial to these but it's a crosshair shooter basically where you move the crosshair and throw snowballs back at the kids and it's well done the kids have nice fun varied movements and it's got that deal where a lot of these perspective shooters will do kind of the i think a terminator 2 where like the guy will sometimes pop up right in front of you, you know, yeah. out of nowhere, and you're maybe you're crosshairs, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's got that going on, and it's just it's so fucking fun. Uh, and yeah, I can't imagine hating that aspect of it out of all the events on here. Um, I probably the one I probably like the least is maybe that inner tube race where you're mm. trying. It's a fun idea where you're trying to stab the fucking pop the guy's inner tube. It's a cool idea, but the actual mechanics of it are kind of bleh, I think. Uh, in general but yeah it's yeah i don't know it's it does mention which is cool i didn't remember this but you can play up to six players at a time i mean it's passing the controller of course for these mini games the only one where you play head to head is that inner tube one that i think is its weakest point so it is just passing the controller but it is a makes for a great party game i think which he mentioned specifically is probably its best attribute so i agree with that even though i'd forgotten about it but generally speaking yeah i mean shitting on it uh, 68 percent is yeah so that's a bit terrible perspective terrible perspective Absolutely awful. 
Um, yeah, it makes me glad to hear that you enjoyed it. <laughs> and maybe, I mean, I kind of expected, I, for some reason, I expected you to hate it. I don't know why, but I expected you wouldn't no. like it, so I'm surprised. And I even thought when I mentioned early on that you kind of got to get a shitty look on your face. So Well, because, like, <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking about. Yeah, because in my mind, it's something I would skip over, you know? Like, maybe I'm thinking of Skater Die. Maybe I'm thinking of something else completely different. Probably, I mean, Skater Die is the obvious fucking, yeah. de- if you but haven't just, played this uh, one. It's hard not to assume yeah. that it's just fucking but add I'm, snow. like I add said, snow. <laughs> like to me, yeah, the music, the sound was good too. Game That's Konami, like yeah, the, yeah, the games the vibe. So I'm like, oh, yeah, it's like, like Konami. Never, yeah, the, the music a, is bangers, I don't have man. Winter games, I don't play these things, but there's, yeah. I mean, obviously, snowball fights are fun, so that's the one thing, of course. But yeah, it was fun. Okay, maybe, maybe I don't think I even have that in my nominations, but hearing you were fond of it reinvigorates me. So maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe I'll add that impromptu to the discussion uh, if you enjoyed it as well because yeah I mean I, I don't know like it's it's just fun it's just a fun fucking game to play they want forty four ninety five for it which is kind of the standard Konami sticker price I think and the makeup of that 68% just to get into that he gives graphic and sound a 4 so he's kind of giving Konami their due there but 3 is the rest of the way which is just yeah insane that you know, like fun factor 3 is on on Gameplay, fun, fun on, and, and fun. Come on, challenge. I hear maybe challenge isn't. The, it's not the most challenging game. Probably. You got to give me a four for fun. Like you got to yeah. give me at least a four for fun. Three, yeah. especially having the party aspect. You got to take in that account. Yeah. I think that into account when you're talking about the fun factor is whether or not it's a party game, and this certainly is. Like yeah. if, if you're trying, if you're trying to spread your your lower votes among other among games this is not a game to give low votes to <laughs> yeah just just uh yeah just to hit quotas uh, just to, just to hit a nice range yeah this is not the one yeah fuck slasher Quan. he's on my shit list now a full pager for ultima 4 to remind us that's our next side quest if we ever start oh. and, or, and or finish fucking fantasy star 2 uh before <laughs> thq's wayne gretzky hockey and i never fucked with this but i tend to like hockey games so i was optimistic i don't know about you uh, it does have a full NHL license. It's got 10 accurate teams, rosters. I wouldn't know. Hockey, who the fuck knows? Other than Wayne Gretzky, I guess. But it does lack a tournament or playoff mode. So you can only play one-offs, and that's fucking really shit. Especially not even a tournament mode. Like, I understand, like, this yeah. is pre-having seasons and stuff, whatever. And it's only got 10 teams anyway, so that'd be tough. But not having a tournament mode is, like, basic bitch-ass shit that I cannot believe it did not have. Yeah. The reviewer brother Buzz says the playstyle leans heavily away from Blades of Steel arcade style and much more into real hockey simulation and strategy, and that's probably a selling point. Players who want that. Yeah, it, it, it's it's not bad though. Like it wasn't. I don't know. No, like, this it wasn't not... bad. I I hated the top down view. Like, kind yeah, of I don't muck. like that either. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't like the look of it. It's it, it, what it did is it made it feel more PC porty to me. And that's obviously a bad thing. You know, the menus and shit felt very PC-ish as well. Um, that opening cinematic with Wayne Gretzky doing that slap shot looked dope. That was cool-ass pixel art. Yeah, it's, it's not it bad. Out. It's not bad, but it's it's not the game I'm going to keep playing. Like, if I want to no. play hockey, I'm not going to pick this up again. Definitely Blades yeah. of Steel over this. There's no yeah. question in my mind. Yeah. Or the original Ice Hockey, also way better. In my Both, yeah, yeah. Ice Hockey, still yeah. better. That's that's my thing. Like, you can't if you can't get, come close to Ice Hockey... <laughs> Let alone Blades of Steel, then we're just, yeah, there's nothing to talk about. It's tough. I did like the opening title screen, Diddy, though.
fair. Yeah. No, it, it seemed like there was some some promise at first, but then I got into the game and I actually restarted and played a second game. I was I started yeah. second game. I was like, nah. nah. It, like I said, the menu. Like I said, the menu said the PC and like I couldn't even. That was like a real bad red flag to me. Is like I don't know. Did you struggle a moment to get the game going with the menus? Because like the Dude. input is not right. It's not right. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. That's why. At the end of it, like when I started my first game, it was US versus US, and I couldn't even tell. I was like, what happened? Okay. In the menu selection that I ended up, <laughs> well, I couldn't even I couldn't even select together. what I wanted. It wasn't even a matter of like getting to the game. That, I couldn't even I couldn't get I mean. to the game. <laughs> that's what I, I didn't mean. Like no part of me wanted to play team versus team, so I was so confused I couldn't understand what was going on. I had to start yeah. all over again. To yeah, get like the, yeah, it was you weird. had to like it was fucking weird. You had to like hit B to move and start to select, and A went back or something. It was like it was, it was just very, it was fucked. Yeah. yeah, it was fucked. I up. thought my inputs were wrong. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> They were, but only because <laughs> it was programmed that way. Yeah, tough, tough yeah. thing about it for sure. Uh, fun, interesting factoid. So, yeah, I fired this up, and I'm watching that title sequence, and I don't know if you clocked it or not, but the LED sign in the background, did you see this? Uh-huh. Reads Bethesda Softworks. Did you see that? I noticed that. I was like, okay. wait, what? Yeah, so, yeah, me too. I'm like, mmm, Skyrim Bethesda? And, yeah, that's my immediate thought. And a little research turns out that this dude. is indeed Skyrim Bethesda, dude. So this is... The 88 PC version of this, came out in 88, was their second ever developed title. And that was, uh, the first one was some PC football title called Gridiron that came out in 86. So their their gamography starts in 86, and, and this Wayne Gretzky hockey is the number two game they ever made. So that was pretty cool and interesting. I noticed that same thing. I, it yeah. immediately threw me off like, wait, yeah. what? Yeah. It kind of threw me off yeah, like, through work. And, and like, like it's like, the, the, <laughs> like, it's kind of tough to read on that on that thing so i was like does it say bethesda yeah i was like, <laughs> like bethesda softworks yeah what? so yeah so even <laughs> even as i'm googling it i was not entirely sure that i was even googling the right thing but <laughs> sure enough pretty cool acclaims coming down off the top rope brother with an upgrade to wwf wrestlemania next and they simply tack on challenge to the end of the title <laughs> as they will tack on a handful of additional bells and whistles to make for a better game and this time they have eight wrestlers instead of six. They have eight moves per wrestler instead of seven. They add a tag team and survivor series three on three mode. And then players can do any of this shit in any combo. So you can like, you know, two players against the computer as a tag team or a survivor series or head to head with two different teams of your own, which is pretty cool. And they also added outside the ring action, which is a huge must gotta have outside yeah which is that's like probably the biggest thing that made the first wrestlemania suck so much is because that's like at least half of what wwf wrestling is you know so to not have that is awful and the rare is the developer here too as they were the first one so you know you got lit ass music as we already had the ultimate warrior theme all of them are here though for all the all the wrestlers which is great and the actual wrestlers they feature are the Hulkster, duh, Bruce the Barber Beefcake, Ravishing Rick Rude, Big Boss Man, as I mentioned, a childhood favorite oh, I kind of hate him. about. Hey, really? Really? Yeah. He, was, he was also in the arcade one, which uh, I remember that very fondly, using oh, him yeah. for the arcade version of this game. That's why I or always wanted game, to, but... like, always wanted to beat him in the arcade version. Okay. Like, it just, because he's a cop from Stone Mountain, Georgia. He just, like, epitomizes, like, you remember I'm that? the racist cop. <laughs> of course, <laughs> man. Yeah, yeah, I'm from it. Stone Mountain, Georgia. I'm like, fuck that cop. He I, just, I, don't, like, I didn't remember that at all. I didn't remember <laughs> that at all. He's out to get me. <laughs> I didn't remember that at all. That's hilarious. I'm from yeah, the I inner didn't... city, Columbus. Like, this dude, this cop is, like. To me, I, 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 honestly, I can't remember shit about his build 
or like his ba- like whatever perceived backstory other than just he was like a shit talky cop. So I didn't remember that at all. That's hilarious. <laughs> Stone Mountain, Georgia. <laughs> Stuck in my brain. Yeah, that's great. That's crazy. <laughs> hey, I love wrestling as a kid. I'd yeah, kids are hilarious. The shit they latch onto is so good. Oh man. Uh, and then I say more. It's not all of them. You got Hacksaw Jim Duggan, who also is oh. a fun a fun character. <laughs> and Andre the Giant, of course, he's not out yet. And then we have Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh yeah. yeah, the Ultimate Warrior, which is what the title screen art is, and it is very good pixel rendition art of the Ultimate Warrior. I think this is right around when he. I think the piece even mentions it that he had just won the title when oh, they were doing this. So that was my favorite WrestleMania. We actually got to get that one on pay per view. My cousins oh, came God. over to watch it. It was like one of the great highlight events of my childhood when it comes See, to I mean, TV watching. Like, oh. I didn't even have cable, so to me it was just so oh. far out of reach, but I can't even imagine how awesome oh it would have been. Oh my gosh. I'm seeing my favorite wrestler defeat the world-famous Hulk Hogan like at WrestleMania. Oh, that was the greatest thing ever. Had so to feel, exciting. Had to feel so <laughs> epic. Honestly, my best WrestleMania moments in my like memory are the trading cards. That's how really? little access I had wow. to WrestleMania as like a thing to actually watch. You know, I did not didn't get the videotapes. I obviously didn't get the pay per views. I wanted to. I watched the shit on Saturday mornings and saw yeah. the shitty matches where they talked about these unattainable yeah. fucking matches. But <laughs> yeah. or they probably even showed highlights to some degree. But yeah, yeah. The, the WrestleMania cards, which was in hindsight like really poor quality trading cards when i think about them like very cheap looking but uh, i definitely traded i definitely collected them a little bit dude i'm pretty sure this wrestlemania was like it was like a birthday present that i got birth yeah. pay-per-view or something you know it was definitely like a special like i did not get pay-per-view like normally i was the same way like i just get to hear about it the next week <laughs> on, the, on the normal broadcast yeah. you know but this was like a special event so yeah yep. huge times huge times so to see him in the game playing this game right now Man, I wanted to like this game. I don't know if like I liked this game as a kid. I don't know how you feel about it. Maybe I didn't I even know it existed. Sometimes I didn't even know oh. this game came out. Like so, I when, just when, kept losing. I, yeah, I'm pretty sure this is the one when we played the first game and talked about it extensively and posted a bunch of shit. I think this is the one where Matt Gould. This is the one he talked about. I think saying he got and liked it a whole lot more. And yeah, yeah, because for sure, because actually he mentioned the years that you can play. So when you you pick your character in the tournament modes or anything, you have to play as yourself, you know, this generic one, two, three kid placeholder kind of, kind of wrestler, you know? Uh, And that is interesting. It's weird that you can't just be a wrestler. You know, that's a a strange choice. I think. Yeah. Slasher. No, I was just going to say these early gen wrestling games. It's funny because the more and more I think back and look back and we do these episodes, the more I realize that like the super Nintendo was really like, my system, my defining area, what I really liked the most. Like I had so much time in Atari wishing I had a Nintendo, but there was so much of that time that like when I had the Atari Nintendo was happening and then Super Nintendo happened and I finally got my Nintendo, Super Nintendo, and then it was like all Super Nintendo. Cause like for me, as much as I like and I want to like this game, I'm realizing, no, it's the Super Nintendo one, the one of the Super Nintendo ones that I'm really remembering now because you could do the finishing moves and stuff. That I really liked, and I was like, "Oh, you got four buttons, A, B, X, Y. Now you can actually well, do finishers." Flying Edge, great. which was an acclaim 
Oh. Subsidiary, I think. Those the, the ones the flying edge did. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. The Royal Rumble on Genesis was my first. Royal Rumble was yeah. the one. Yep. Man. That was the oh yep. yes. I, I agree. That's the first time that I remember like really enjoying wrestling games. Yeah, for the NES, like none of these WWE I mean the only one I ever knew existed. I was shocked to hear there's a sequel and there's another one coming like a year from now, I guess. Yeah. So like I was shocked <laughs> to hear those even existed. The first WrestleMania is terrible. If I'm playing an NES wrestling game, like I said before, I think Tecmo World Wrestling is probably my favorite. Yeah, that one's still the best. It's yeah. still the best. And I still kind of like Black Box Pro Wrestling is kind of good, too. So okay, okay. by comparison, you know, at least. So, yeah, these the NES, was they didn't have it figured out. Like I said, yeah. and, you know, even at, they added it here, the outside the ring stuff. But, yeah, it's just there's so much. There's a lot more nuance to wrestling, funny enough, even though it's like a joke as a real thing, than – in a video game context, I mean, then the, this system, what these systems are capable of. So yeah. it's not. Surprising. I got to be able to hit and grapple, grapple. And, and then do moves out of the grapple. Moves out of the grapple. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I need all of that, and it's got to be easy to do and execute. Right. <laughs> and you need more button. Yeah, it's just it's, it's yeah. tough. I think on the NES for sure. Yeah, like I mean, even hearing that you can do like it says you can do eight moves. Like I played this game, like how? Like I mean, I know yeah. if I like I know if I like in the instruction book, it'll tell me, and maybe even then I can even execute them, but. Just conceptually, I hear that, and I'm like, ha. But, but in practice, like, like I understand because you're setting up the buttons. Like, it tells you, like, which of these, like, oh, are you using this one, using that one? And I'm, like, picking a move to use. But, like, when I get into the game, like, I'm just getting whooped. Like, it's yeah. just. Oh, yeah, dude. I, I, I played as Ultimate Warrior, actually, versus Ravishing Rick Rude. And he stomped me two times in a row yeah. fast as fuck. And I was done, yeah. I, like, Hacksaw Jim Doug is not being the Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> You're not, it's not happening. I don't, I don't you know what the story, Jay, you know what the storyline is. You weren't in the fucking, yeah, exactly. you weren't in the meetings. You don't know. You, you, you saw who had muscles and who had a pot belly. Come on, beer belly. <laughs> <What are you? laughs> hey, dad, dad strength is a real thing. <laughs> True, but like that freaking two by four is not in the ring. Therefore, he does not have an advantage and Ultimate Warrior wins. <laughs> That's maybe something this game's missing. It doesn't have props. Yeah, that sure. that also would be a huge thing. That's another example, actually. That was the cool thing at Royal Rumble. You could hit each other with chairs and shit. You know, that mm-hmm. was just, like simple oh, shit like that. That game? You got to have that ridiculous shit, you know? That game was a rent. Oh, mom, can you please re-rent that game? Mom, can, can you please? Can, like, can, yeah, can we, we have that game again? We played the like, shit out of please. that. Yep. Yeah, Slasher Quan, that prick, uh, he's... he's also bitching about the run of the championship belt being way too easy. He says the challenge is dog shit, which is funny because we said it got right. I mean, like I said, I'm sure if you know the moves, it's infinitely easier. Yeah, so that's yeah. probably the deal. But uh, he also bitches that the – it doesn't – and I, I agree with this for sure, that this was coming out in an era where the four-player peripheral was hot. And the idea that wrestling with these tag team shit didn't utilize that was a huge miss. And, and I agree about that mm-hmm. as well. Gives it a 68% Q. Not good, of course. But gameplay does get a 5. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Funny – juxtaposition there i think Interesting. They, yeah all the bitch in and then having a five in any category was kind of surprising to me yep. 44.95 msrp and that is more modest than i would expect for a newly licensed shit from acclaim i would think that would be a 50 50 bucker if not more the first genesis action we get is turning back the clock to buster douglas boxing and i have to assume <laughs> that's just them trying to slot some sports shit to fit the cover theme, because this has like been out for a long time. Yeah, ter- what are we doing? What yeah, it's terrible. Right? He gives it a piddly 60% cum, and that's perfectly accurate. Um, no MSRP. And, dude, more Al Nilsson information. Dude. Uh, so, yes. So, I got to the bottom of this, dude. I was like, I asked him. I'm like, listen, this is highly obscure, but we're talking about the magazines. <laughs> and I'm like, why? Like, we've been doing these, you know. For a while now, and GamePro never has the MSRP for for Genesis games. And we, you know, I told him what we hypothesized about it and shit. And he's like, he like thinks about it for a second. He's like, I don't think we gave out 
prices. Like, and none of our press anything. We gave no one prices because the price was secondary. We wanted them to focus on the game and basically go to the store on that basis and deal with the price then. And I was like, that's kind of what we hypothesized. So I'm, I'm very proud yeah. of us, yeah, that, that we were able to kind of... Um, nice. <laughs> assume that were the case and be right about it, right from, the, again, the horse's mouth. So that was cool. Nice. But yeah, fuck Buster Douglas Boxing. That game's terrible. I want to I I like it, too, because like, the sprites are huge. It looks great. Right? You know? it, it looks, looks great. You want to yeah. like it. Yeah, we want to like it. I remember watching him knock out Mike Tyson. So I see the game. I it's Genesis. Like it, yeah. yeah, of course. It should be great. Look at it. It's awesome. No, it's not. Awesome. Yeah. I was funny. I remember this is a funny memory. I have a memory of David Camargo bringing over his Genesis to my house for a sleepover, and he had this game. And I remember this game sitting on top of my TV, like the box, and us playing it. I don't really remember whether I liked it or not, but I remember being in that bedroom because when I first. So it's funny. You know, we had a three bedroom, like ranch style house. It was my dad's house, and when I moved out, I was in. This back room that had blue carpet, this blue weird ass carpet, like multicolor. I can't believe it was in the, in the house. It was so ugly. Uh, but whatever, you know. Lady. <laughs> that was life in the eighties. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> like, absolutely hideous carpet. And then like the, there was another bedroom that was like they, my dad, like parents' bedroom was always the same one next to that. And there was a spare bedroom that when I lived there alone before Jab came into the picture was just an empty room that was like had a bunch of my fucking toys in it and shit. And I think it was an office, technically. I don't know what they were doing office shit-wise. Neither one of them had anything that needed an office. But <laughs> <laughs> whatever the case, uh, empty room, spare room. And when I, like, I left with my mom, and then he got remarried. Jab came into the picture. Jab took my old bedroom. So when I moved back, I had to go into that spare room. Uh... And I remember I spent some time in there. And I remember, I think I raised a stink about it or something, and like, bitch. And we eventually swapped rooms, which is funny that I'm having this memory. I've never thought about that. I gotta, I gotta talk to Jeff about this and what he. I'm like, about based this. on the, based on the way you guys talk, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm shocked you didn't immediately be like, I need my room back. <laughs> I'm sure I, I probably, I probably, you know, it was a tumultuous time, so maybe I didn't say it immediately. But, and I think also kind of. Because I was coming over on the weekends every now and again, you know, for this this duration. So, like, it was kind of like quasi my bedroom when I was staying there, I think, on the weekends, maybe. So, I kind of had a little bit of shit in there. But once I came back full time, I think, yeah, I was like, okay, it's time to put my foot down and get my room back. So, that did happen. (laughs) But anyways, this memory happens in that room, the yellow room, you know, uh, which is funny to me. Um, Yeah, that's a funny memory. The yellow room. The yellow room. Uh, anyways, so yeah, fuck that game. And the big Genesis spread this time around follows that. Say the basic three banger with the Genesis does with Nintendon't headline, and then we get hard driving from Tengen. And I've already praised this to no end as an oddity, like from an oddity perspective. But look at that fucking score, Jay. What did I tell you? Eighty-four percent, a skull. Eighty-four percent for eighty-four percent situation. All fours except a five in what? Fun factor, dude, because it is. That is its best thing. It's just like, I don't know why it's fun, but it is. It is I, I think it's probably, <laughs> I mean, the, again, it's it's all emblematic of the times. Like that 3D, even how slow and horrible it looks on the Genesis. Mm-hmm. The existence of that at all at this time on a console is just flabbergasting, probably. So that's where those high numbers and the other categories come from. 
And the music is good, so I, I buy sound, I guess. But, and you know, you can like hit the cow and the fucking cow moves. So there's some fun little sound effects too, maybe that also fuels that. But yeah, the fun being five is spot on. It just is. I don't know why, it just is. And I thought that pretty fun. That I was, I was surprised, I expected it to have a much lower score, I guess, is what I'm getting at there. Okay. Fair enough. 54.95 MSRP, step up there. And then their last Genesis one is Super Volleyball. And this gets a fucking 80%. Again, it's just, they're just fired up about Genesis games. Yeah, they're just fucking fired up about Genesis games. And yeah, an 80% for that game is fucking nuts. I mean, like side view volleyball is tough, man. That's a bit tough. That's that's a tough one. Yep. It's hard. It's hard. Like, I can't see my characters till the ball comes over. And then I don't know if I'm in the right position. I might not be controlling. Like, yeah, it's just, like, this is not. Yeah, it's definitely not an eighty percent. There's no, no fucking way. You I wanted to like it. Like as a former volleyball player, I wanted to like it. I just couldn't like it. Definitely not for eighty. No, no, no chance. The MSRP is at least a much more palatable thirty nine ninety five. I'll say that for it. Uh, it's only a two meg cart, and that sounds right because it's not good. And then there is nothing new in the Genesis third party licensee ad that comes after that uh, either. So after these messages. We'll be right back. Give me the rock, give me the handles, give me the paint, give me the shoes. You have anything, anything in a gorilla slam, so wait. Give me that, 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 hmm, that, not that brick, that brick. Give me him, some of that, and one of those. Showtime. Take his move, his move, his move. Not that move, that move. Money. Give me, give me, give me my house. If it's in the game, it's in the game. Bulls versus Blazers for Super NES and now for Sega Genesis. Give me that again. Now for Sega Genesis. EA Sports. It's in the game. That is an absolute banger of a commercial, a 1993 U.S. spot for Bulls versus Blazers. And it is awesome that they're already rolling with that if it's in the game. It's in the game shit. I wouldn't have expected that that came later in EA's lifespan. Uh, I was surprised that that was in there. But yeah, the commercial is fucking great. It's like front to back, like really fast paced as fuck, like clever. Probably why I bought that Genesis game, you know? This right? Is the one I You're had, like, you wait, know? I can play? It's like that? It looks like yeah, that? For yeah. real? Yeah. Okay. Not that, not that. Not that brick. That brick. Like, fucking just really good, you know, clever copy. Very good. Super fun to find. On uh, Come riding the coattails of Fantastic Fans. 100% for Lakers versus Celtics. Asinine fucking journalism there. SWAT hot tips, tactics, and passwords get us rolling on the closing act of the mag. Much more of the latter in here, passwords, and it's all, notably, all sports titles in here. So that's why it's passwords, because there's only some, there's not really secrets <laughs> in these games. But the one featured in here that I even wanted to talk about at all, really, probably, is the Baseball Stars from SNK. It's an 89 release, so it's been out for a while. And I honestly can't recall if I've ever done any time on this for the pod or not. But I know it's a game that people kind of remember fondly to some degree, and I don't really have any ex- experience with it. But after having kind of like that vague recall of it being a game people like, both of those counselors talked about playing. That's all they did at Nintendo HQ, basically. They played a shit ton of baseball stars. So I was like, I got to give it a shot coming off, you know, after hearing that and seeing it here just randomly. And it's pretty, it is, I think it's probably. It's right there, I would say, with RBI and Bases Loaded, which are the two that I think of as being the... And I'm saying, like, gameplay-wise, it's right there with them. And I think maybe the reason it's remembered so fondly, on top of just being equally playable as those games, is the, like, customization capabilities. Did you, I assume you didn't fire this up, but... I definitely did not fire Okay, yeah, so the customization capabilities in this... 
it's perfect for multiplayer. You can set up like a ten, like a multi-team league, and you like develop the players and like decide your lineups. It's like it's like proto Madden franchise type shit on an NES game. And then also the gameplay is good. You know what I mean? So I think that's probably why people really... I mean, it's got no license or anything, so you don't have any right. you know, MLB players or no shit like that. But it, it is very... There's a lot of malleability to it, I think, that is that makes it probably really attractive to kids uh, of the time. So I can see why it's remembered fondly for sure. It looks good, too. Like, the opening title screen is really this cool-ass fucking imagery and stuff. And the game looks yeah. good. Um yeah, I was I was kind of surprised at how much I enjoyed it, and having those pre-existing opinions of those other games that I feel that I thought were more well known. Even though, again, over doing this podcast and hearing people talk about this shit, maybe not. Like, I think Baseball Stars might be the most fondly remembered baseball game on the broader landscape. So, yeah, it's a good game, I think. And they the codes here are kind of cool for it too. They mentioned that. Like it's like an interesting way to do codes. Like I mentioned, this is mostly just passwords. And this is still kind of passwordy, but basically, you know, you go in, you pick your teams, and you have to name them, I think. And the prompts when you pick when you select the team and are given that prompt to name the team, it has text that pops up in it already. And to get these like special situations with the teams, one being the best girls team in the game that like ups all your stats and you become the best girls team. And there's another one that's just a, a standard team. It's a really good like iteration of, of the players. You basically just change the text to something similar and then enter that as the team name. And that's just a cool way to execute something secret nice. like this, I think, you know. So pretty cool. I also fired only one other in here too. I saw Rad Racer and Rad Racer 2 here. And those are games that just like I I feel like they're like, especially the black box or silver box, I guess, in the case of Rad Racer, but close enough. I just feel like they're like the stalwart, stalwart historical games for the NES. So I want to like them, and I, like, I feel like maybe we should do a game <laughs> episode on them from just like that perspective. Right. And Rad Racer is pretty fun. Like, I think they're both... The problem with Rad Racer 2 probably is it's a basically a carbon copy of the first game, so I don't think it needs to exist. But right. Rider's One's actually pretty fun, and every time I play it, I do have fun. It's a little empty and basic, I think, to maybe do a whole game on. It's kind of like I was talking about for Arch Rivals. It's like, it's fun while I'm playing it, but after 10 minutes, I'm done, and I'm all set. You know what I mean? So that's kind of the problem with that. But seeing it here, every time I see it, I kind of have that inclination of like, uh, I feel like this deserves a game app, <laughs> but I don't want to do it. <laughs> I don't know. Was there anything in That's there right. that fucking you give That's a shit right. about? Not really. I mean, I I definitely fired up WCW wrestling, you know, and, and gave that a try. It was still still tough, you know. Still, they had a kind of a different system. Yeah. But it was still annoying to have to be trying to kick and punch to try to get your grapple on, and then try to do a, a specific move. Yeah. With the, it's yeah. It's I mean, just, it's it's, it's between those two WWF games as far as quality goes, you know, yeah. which makes sense. It's literally in the timeline of release in that exactly. order, so makes sense. So, yeah, frustrating. But yeah, WCW. I, I can't even be like it's. It's just so far from. Like, I just. I thought it was just such at this time. At that time, just so budget WWF. Like it was just <laughs> to me. It was just so cheap, and I have no interest in this at all. You know, WWF was so much more. So much more flavor. You know, as far as everything goes. Oh, for sure. For sure. 
At the tail end of SWAT is a full pager from Renovation. That is what we were talking about earlier uh, at the very beginning of the episode here. Uh, It's finally a new Genesis game. So that was interesting in of itself that we just have something new for the Genesis as opposed to shit we've already seen a bunch of times. And this is Aeroflash is the name of the game. And it's clearly a flying space shmup. And the story blurb is interesting, wild. In the 30th century, Viking terrorists led by the vicious great Halagi are plundering and destroying planets throughout the galaxy. They move in warships capable of traveling in nether space, and Earth is their next target. And we play as the granddaughter of some great scientist on planet Earth, piloting the space fighter Chameleon ERX-75, which is capable of combat in this aforementioned nether space, and it also can transform into a robot. This is the greatest weapon ever developed by the United Earth Army. And it's good to hear, Jay, that we can get it together as a global people by the 30th century. And we stop squabbling amongst ourselves to unite as one. Or it might just mean that China has taken over everything and eradicated everyone else. That's also possible. (laughs) But whatever the case, we are one people with one army as planet Earth. And we are defending ourselves against these Viking terrorists, right? And, dude, I mean, I'm surprised. Again, you talking negatively about this surprises me. One, because it's a a space mob. But two, this is the company, Renovations. They've had a few good ones. They did Whip Rush, which we liked. And... It's, I was hopeful for a fire up and I did. I had a fucking blast, dude. I had a fucking blast. I just kept fucking How playing this possible? game. Oh, dude, what are you talking about? What was your problem with it? It just wasn't fun. Like I was flying and I, like uh, the shooting was slow. Like the shooting. Oh, I got a like turbo. Yeah. I, w- I didn't have fun until I turned on my turbo either. You got to play with turbo. You got to play with tur- Any tur- Turboing your Genesis? What are we talking yeah. about here? Yeah, turbo in your gen- turbo in your turbo Genesis controller. Yes, what are you talking about? I I don't know. Either way, I found the flying and the shooting very slow. Like it trailed. It was annoying. When I changed to the robot, nothing nothing was different. Like the robot, like when this I was, was the cool though. Mode, it's it's only not- subtle differences. It is very different. Sp- like there's honestly- nothing. I was like, I'm, there's no advantage. Oh, there's no disadvantage. The and big like, difference no. is the power attack. When you More hit C button, attack. is like your power attack. So that's yeah. completely different for the robot than it is for yeah. the standard ship. And then also, once you power up, because you can switch between them interchangeably. So you can very yeah. clearly see the difference. That's why I was like, I'm just going yeah. back and forth. And, okay, but right. I'm shooting the same. I don't so the, once you power your ship up, the changes of those power-ups, particularly the trailers. Like you, you get those little ghost ships that trail with yours. Like on the standard ship, they kind of do this like where they're constantly emulating your behavior. You know what I mean? In kind of like a delayed way. Ghosts, I guess, is the way to think of them. And then as the robot, they kind of just become, on each side of your character, like these bonus shots. So it's like a, it's how, what's what's more valuable to you, you know, because you obviously employ those two things differently. Having the trailers allows you to kind of have residual fire and use them as... Do you lost me on 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 uh, freaking lev- powering up your ship? How do you even do that? Like there was no there's no powering up. Oh, you I was flying and not powering there, there's, up. There's a all. million of power. There's a million power ups. The power ups was constant. Actually, I love that about it. it. Was it was all immediately different fucking kinds. And if, if that was happening, then, then the power ups when I got them were subtle, and then I must have like died shortly after because I was just like I don't understand yeah. why I should I, like this game at all. Huh? I do like no wonder it's in the back. It's in the back of the mag for a reason, and I understood why. Well, it's it's one of the third party ones. They just didn't have those those third party developers for the Genesis early on did not like I said we we've talked about how 
I think the only reason they even could exist, they had to be subsidized subsidized by Sega in some way. Sega was just trying to get third party support. Even if they had to make so it themselves. That, yep. Right, yeah. So I don't think they had the money to be in the front of the mag was was, was the big <laughs> part of that. But yeah, I, there's just something about these. I'm shocked, dude. I hate this genre on NES, and I I can't believe how every one of these Sega smups. I am fucking loving all of them. It doesn't make any sense to me. Like, yeah, dude, I because it's a great genre. Like, they're they're the makers of the Raiden game and stuff. Like, you're gonna like it. Like, that's just what they do. I vaped all three phases of the first stage. Saw some cool ass set pieces. There was just like in the so in the beginning, you're like flying over those clouds, so you're like just above the atmosphere or whatever, which is yeah. a cool visual. And then for the second one, this big ship comes in. And crashes into the it's nighttime, and this big fucking ship comes crashing into the ocean and like sticks up out of the ocean the whole way. And then you know these the ships are supposedly like uh, I got the vibe are like coming out of that now, you know. So it was just like a cool mm-hmm. visual development thing that was interesting and were nice set pieces. And then the good parallax scrolling for all that, of course, the Genesis, you know, right. so you get good parallax on all that. And then a pretty cool boss comes in, and I like had saved up enough of the power attack to just vape the fuck out of the boss, which is a good feeling, you know? So, yeah, just a really good experience in the first level. And then I didn't... I don't think I even died once I turned the turbo on. I mean, I got vaped initially. But once I fired up my turbo... Because I actually had... I realized... I think my B button on my standard base controller mm-hmm. is getting a little wonky. I need to clean it or maybe get a new one, whatever. Because it wasn't... I was like... I also thought the firing was fucked up. I was like, it's not firing bad. What the fuck's going on? And I think it's the controllers broke. But once I fucking got my turbo out, dude, it was a blast. Because <laughs> I was just fucking annihilating things. But then I get into the second level and no longer, like, the difficulty uptick was noticeable and substantial, even with turbo on. So, you know, it's not too easy, which I think is a good thing. Um, yeah, I'd play more in a heartbeat, dude. It was, I was, wow. I'm, I'm wow. sad to hear that you did not enjoy it at all because I thought it was fucking the person who hates flying shooters all of a sudden that is no longer a true statement we can make yeah i don't know man wow the opening cinematic too like those opening cinematic there that's you know i put i think the headline i posted when i was uploaded the video of this fucking of this prologue it's like dude it's like a full 45 seconds to a minute of like a really good clearly communicated developing setup story you know and very anime in style you know and like it's like it's like two panels and like it's like alternating updating the image in each panel so like you're watching the one and like the next step in the story comes up before this one's over so it's just a very good progress through a prologue i think it was just well done i thought and yeah all great looking art and just so fucking just Everything about it, good, good presentation, good music, good everything. So yeah, I was, I just can't believe how every one of them. I'm like, fuck, this is good. Fuck, this is good. <laughs> uh, which is really surprising me because again, I didn't, I didn't have, I didn't fuck with any of these. I have no actual on like my when I had the Genesis, these still weren't on my radar. So right. I'm just shocked that all these existed and I hadn't really gotten into any of them. So love to hear that. Love to hear that. 
Ask the Pros comes next, and the actual pro letters are both sports, Bases Loaded 2 and Tecmo Bowl, and I fucking love this Bases Loaded letter from Todd Wiley. I love that it's a Todd, of course, but even the letter itself is fucking great. <laughs> so it reads, I've had Bases Loaded 2 for about a month, but I still can't beat my dad. He always takes New York, and they seem to be the best team. Is there any team that stands a chance against the NY squad? And that is just gold. Like that oh this my kid's, gosh. That this kid's dad is just repeatedly and summarily <laughs> executing his Todd offspring in the brand new NES game that you presumably that you presumably got for Todd. <laughs> you know, it's just dad just kicking his ass. For Todd. Yeah, mercilessly, mercilessly uh, which is fucking great, dude. I, I just love it. And, and my, dude, so I read this and, you know, basically, I've told you before, Base Loaded 2, that's my baseball joint for sure. It's the one Ted had. We played yeah. a bunch of that shit together. And I'm reading this and I'm thinking to myself, like, New Jersey. It's New Jersey. It's fucking New Jersey. What do you mean? What do you mean? What the best team? It's New Jersey. <laughs> like, New Jersey is way better. New Jersey is fucking great. And sure enough, fucking the, they come in here real hot with, like, dude, New Jersey. Like, they got they got the Ricky Henderson comp. This this player. I remember the player names. Weir. He's fast as fuck. And, the, <laughs> you know. And it's funny, too, because the the manual has the, the stats, like, the numbers for every team. So, it's. Either mm. and they, no, because they he said he bought it. So I was gonna say if it's rented, one thing you don't have the manual, sure. But Todd here is lazy; he's not reading the manual because you'd see that these numbers are better, and have your own answer to the question if you took the time to read the manual. But whatever the case, yeah, you have Weir; he's fast as fuck. They go through the pitching lineup, and this is absolutely fire pitching lineup. And I remember every one of these names; they're absolutely right. Ruben is your starter, Skaja is your middle reliever. They say he's got the best best breaking ball in the bigs, which is accurate. He's got he's one of those I've told you those fucking submarine sidearm guys, and he's fucking it's unhittable. It's basically unhittable. Those those pitchers, uh, when you at least when you're playing a person, the computer can hit them. But so he's great. And then Sites the closer is also he's got a heater uh, is, is also a really good choice too. So that was just really fun that the letter and then me having the answer before I even read it was fucking really fun. For me. <laughs> uh, nice. So that was cool. And the Tecmo letter comes from PW Fitzgerald in Munachi, New Jersey. And that's also oh. uh, an- another mouthful of a, a person in place, but he wants team recos as well. And they suggest the G men on the basis of LT's cracked up ass being the best defender in the league, and he is fast as fuck in the game. You block the PAT every time if you want, of course. They don't mention that specifically, which is kind of lame, I think, because that is an absolute truth that you can, especially playing the computer, you can fucking block the PAT literally every time if you're the Giants. (laughs) And then the 49ers, because they're fucking all pros across the board, team of the 80s, of course. Yep. And then they're doing, they, they mentioned in the last issue that they were going to start doing this and they had their first installment of it here, but they're doing these Ask the Reader prompts this month where they're trying to conjure some reader engagement and they do this where they post questions that readers have written in with and ask the readers to write in the answers for them. So they want to hear if you have these answers. And the two games they're doing here are The Adventures of the Link. And they want to know where the cross is located in that. It's a pretty late game item that is difficult to find, so I feel that. And then Fantasy Star 2, they want to know what's the best way to defeat Dark Force. And we don't know what that means yet. Being like, it, yeah. yeah. Well, what being, is that? Being Spoiler. the neophyte, neophyte to nothing stage of our side quest. But I look forward to having the answer many moons from now, if we can ever get that shit rolling. When we get off here, actually, I'm going to fucking we're gonna nail down a date, or we're never going to get started with that. So I'm going to make Jab fucking commit to something 
The short Pro Shots is also towing the company line of all sports all month. And this is what I mentioned earlier. They are explaining at the top of this that instead of doing previews, is what kind of what this usually is, of upcoming games, it is the top 10 carts selected by game pros in the 1990 sports game survey. And the rankings go as such from 1 to 10. Got Tech Mobile, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, Blades of Steel, Track and Field 2, Double Dribble, Bases Loaded, Tommy Lasorda, Baseball, Pro Wrestling, Baseball Stars, RC Pro-Am. And it likely doesn't need mentioning, but all those are NES games except for Lasorda at number 7. And I don't really have any qualms with this top 10 ordering, even though I obviously would put Mike Tyson first. I understand why someone say Tecmo first. Uh, I don't know. Do you yeah, have any problems with any of that? No. I mean, it makes sense. You know, Double Dribble is up in there. Definitely respect that. Track and field too, especially if you got the pad, like wrestling, pro wrestling. Now, you do this every time. That's not what track and field two is. Track and field two is Konami mini games. You're thinking of world class track meet. That's the power. We pad. do this every time. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Then I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Track and field two is mini games. And I think it's terrible, but other. I think some yeah. people like it. Yeah, I don't have much to say about that one then. But that, <laughs> yes, <laughs> no issue. Yeah, it's crazy. That at four is nuts to me. I mean. Bases loaded, double dribble, go ahead of that. Again, I already said pro wrestling. Baseball stars, like I said. Yeah, There's another baseball game that goes above that. And it's also weird. I guess, well, it's a survey from last year. It's not like it just happened, so that's part of the problem there. But I was going to say, bases loaded 2 is better than bases loaded 1 for sure. But like we said, it's not quite out yet. But one thing here, RC Pro-Am at 10. That's yeah, another that game. That's be, a, I was that's just a, looking at that. That's a phenomenal oh. game. And that's one, I think, also that deserves a game up, dude. And I, that's a, it's literally a blast to play. So Everybody plays that game. Like, right. that's accessible that would be fun to play everyone. Co-op. That would be fun oh, to yeah. play co-op, too. Or we'll be head-to-head, I guess. But uh, that would be fun to play as a couch co-op. Agreed. Pro News Report winds us down on the issue. They go into more. So this is more about that Super Mario Club is what they call it. But it's the – in Japan, there are 2,500 kids that are getting the Nintendo modem peripheral, I'm assuming for free, to be part of this membership deal. And I, I, I would – they don't really explain how exactly it works as far as like how do you – you can't guarantee that the kids participate, I guess, is the biggest problem with this. But basically, yes, they're giving out the modem. And these 2,500 kids, theoretically, will be deciding the fates of Nintendo licensee developers' games in pre-release. So they'll be able to download the games via the modem, play them on their Famicom, and then rate them on a scale from 0 to 50, which I I guess Nintendo, I'd never heard this before, this is kind of interesting, but Nintendo, I guess, uses a 40-point scale that they rate these on, and they communicate them to the developers Internally, they don't release these numbers publicly, but when a licensee turns in a game for review, I knew wow. that was part of the process, that Nintendo just gives them a grade and tells them, this is what we think. You know, you can still release the game if you pay the licensing fee, but if we yeah. think it sucks, this is what we kind of expect it to do in the marketplace, fair warning, you know, so that's interesting. And also, you know, we've always talked about, like, we think it's maybe these magazines that might lead to games like that roller derby game being featured in a magazine and then never coming out, it might actually be like them turning to Nintendo and Nintendo being like, this game sucks. You better rethink it. And they never, they because of that, don't release it. So that's kind of interesting to hear. But anyway, these kids are rating the numbers in the system. Nintendo is compiling these numbers real time and some network. And they are giving the publishers and the developers access to these numbers, at least semi-real time. They don't really specify, but you'd assume semi-real time and automated. And... 
I guess the, the like the politics of this is it's controversial with the developers because it basically is going to mean like they're going to publish these numbers. So before a game even hits the stores, the retailers are going to know what games suck, at least in these 2,500 kids' view, which is not how they're going to look at it. They're going to look at it as like, we're going to aggregate that across the masses. Uh, so Man, they basically know tough. what, right. That we know what games suck before we have to decide whether to buy them or not and put them on the shelves. And I can see why the developers are like, what the fuck, man? You know, that's fucked up. That's not, that's not that's, objective that's not enough. supposed to work. Yeah. yeah it's not <laughs> objective enough. So it's, it's probably wrong in objectivity, but also just, even if it, they could find a way to object, to make it a more objective, it still probably would be something the, the publishers wouldn't want, you know? So yeah. that was super interesting to hear. That's how that, that was a plan that got, like I said, it's rolling. Like they had fucking, dates for it's like when wild. when Game Boy games were being introduced and it was already live for any for Famicom games and that that's fucking crazy. Like basically like 2500 kids like what I picture here I'm reading this I'm like I'm picturing Joaquin Phoenix and Gladiator just like giving that fucking <laughs> like these fucking 8 year olds with just like all the power, you know? Like just sending exactly. games to their death. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Uh that's fucking crazy. Um, yeah, like that they're not even like it doesn't even mention like, yeah, sure, kids are your core target demo, but, like, there should at least be a subset that's, like, some adults, some dealers, like, something to kind of like the fucking, the top 30 does. You have, like, the different categories right. that inform right. this, this aggregate. Feels like, this feels like, especially given the technology available at the time, like, you're either living here in Seattle if you're doing it for Nintendo or you're in Japan. Like, you're geographically located close by. You're probably wealthy, so you can afford to, like... Right. Have well, like, so they, they like, have to be given. Part. They have to be given these out. I mean, I guess you still have to have the phone line. You still, yeah, I mean. it's probably, you still yeah. got to be able to like have the, you know, the means to be able to do that and not have yeah. your dad go sell your Nintendo. You know, <laughs> right? Yeah, you know what I mean. Or some crazy worst thing happen. You know, yeah. so it's like, wow, like that's which is probably wild. why we never heard of this. I'm sure like, my expectation is we'll hear more later that either we'll never hear about it again or we'll hear later that it did not work. Uh, at least in the way they had hoped. Um, so, right. or the, the publishers just eventually showed up with pitchforks at Nintendo headquarters. Like, like we have different ideas. <laughs> yeah, this is not. We pay way too much for your dumbass licensing fee to have to deal with this bullshit. You know, mm -hmm. this is not fair to our pocketbooks, if not our actual developer sensibilities. Um, but yeah, so I was saying, yeah, I was saying earlier how I had made the connection until I started reading it, but. What the Game Pro is doing, like picking a subset of kids to be the rating group, sounds an awful lot like this. And it's even like the exact kind of number, just one zero less. Right. <laughs> yeah. It does seem like they're like, oh, good idea. Yeah, that's Maybe a good idea. This. Yeah. So that's funny. Sequel Mania is the headline on the small blurb about the tent poles of the time rolling out new installments soon. We have Bonk's Adventure 2 coming out on T16, a TMNT live-action movie sequel. That's exciting. They mention a oh. Shadowgate 2, which would have fired me up if I'd have read that at the time. Mega Man 4 is already announced, even though 3 just rolled out. Tecmo Bowl 2, misparenthetical to Super Tecmo Bowl, not Tecmo Super Bowl. Very important to note. Deja Vu 2 also, so that Kim Koseka... Mac Venture shit, two for both of those. Neither one of those ever come out either, so that's kind of a bummer. Super Mario 4, Double Dragon 3, and Gradius 3. So yeah. a lot of uh, very, very of big names on the horizon, at least supposedly here. 
Another small blur provides some U.S. census-ish data with a study performed by the Lifestyle Market Analyst 1990 study. And they have, uh, so they tell us, this study rather tells us that Bluefield Beckley Oak Hill, which are, I guess, fucking somewhere in West Virginia, (laughs) has the largest percentage of video game-enabled households in the U.S. at 13.7%. And that is a very (laughs) rich-sounding area. So I'm not surprised to hear that it has the highest in the U.S., I guess. And then the lowest is Sarasota, Florida, which I would not expect to be the, the you know anywhere in Florida really to be the lowest possible. I'd expect some kind of bumblefuck place to be the lowest, you know, where you know like a very hill runner area where it's near nil. But even the, even just the percentages are neither is as extreme as I expected. I guess I like six point two is higher than the lowest I would expect. I would expect somewhere to be closer to zero, you know. And I feel like fourteen percent ish is also low for a highest number. You know what I mean? I would expect some more affluent areas. Yeah, that's a little surprising. A little surprising. To be a, a little higher than than fourteen percent at least. That's very small. But I guess it's early in the industry's timeline. Sure. But I mean, you know, fucking Atari's been rocking and rolling since like seventy six or seventy seven. So that's fifteen years. Maybe there are still some strict uh, no video game situation in in a lot of that's possible. Food households. I yeah. yeah. GamePro is doing an interesting giveaway promotion. They mentioned here it's in tandem with Natsumi, and they're giving away special carts of ISOH Game App alum Shadow the Ninja that have added password features to them. So they've changed the game code for these. I expected it to be like gold carts or something when I was first reading this, but it's actually changes to the code that give you passwords to jump to any level in the game, which sounds like nothing now because save states and Game Genie and all that, but at the time, that's a big different thing, you know, for a very cool game too. So that was cool to read. And then TradeWest did a launch event at the very bottom here. They have a picture of it for Solar Jetman, which I still haven't gotten us to play. But nice mention of it here allows me an opportunity to talk about it if I want to. (laughs) And they did a launch event at FAO Schwartz on Fifth Avenue in NYC back in October of 1990, where they brought in, this is a super interesting choice, I think, but they brought in Soviet cosmonaut Nikolai Rukovishnikov is his name. And I forgot to look up what he had accomplished, which is a mistake, and I wanted to. But I'm sure it was something very prominent, and that's why they were, they chose him. But it's kind of, I mean, you know, I mean, when exactly did the fucking wall fall? Is that 1990? 89 or? 89. Somewhere around that time. I guess, so I guess the Cold War is over, so sure. But it is still, there's still anti-Soviet sentiment. So it's an interesting choice in that regard, you know, but uh, whatever the case. This claims... That there were, I don't believe this at all. <laughs> this claims that 40,000 Nintendo fans turned out, which seems a fucking insane 40, number. 40,000? Right. That's insane number of people to fit on that little corner plaza on Fifth Avenue. You know, In New F- York City? Yeah. No. Yeah, F- yeah, FAO's not there anymore. I mean, it is like an empty, like it's where the Apple Store is now, I guess, if you have any familiar with NYC. But yeah. it's, uh, uh, FAO, FAO closed a number of years ago now. But it was basically on that southwest corner. 40,000 like is a stadium, Josh. 40,000. I know. That's, yeah, exactly. There's just no way. It would have, the street would have been blocked, which I guess it, you don't see pictures of the street, maybe, but I just, yeah, I don't see how that's possible. It's got to be hyperbole. But, you know, and it's a little bit receded to, like, on that, like that, pla- it is a plaza. There's, like, open area there. And you also have the park is right there. And there's, a, there's another plaza kitty corner. So there's actually, it's all, with the exception of the northeast corner of that intersection, which is a residential building, you have, Two plazas on the west side that I guess you could fit people in. So I don't know. There might have been a lot of people 
forty thousand seems insane. Yeah, I actually that want, seems so much. Yeah, it, it it says Howie was in attendance of this, so I wrote it down in my list of questions for Howie, uh, if if I ever nail him down to get the skinny on this because okay, I want to okay. know. Yeah, I want to know exactly what this was numbers wise, or at least a better idea because it just I don't see how it's physically possible. Um, but coming off this heat, this rash of of interviews, I have thought about maybe pulling the trigger on that like we're late enough and i have a, a decent little list of obscure questions there's obviously broader things i could ask him so i'm thinking i might actually try to ping his ass on fucking cool. twitter and, and make that happen so that would that's that's probably our holy grail i don't know what i don't know what interview i could do for like in the idea of this podcast that's bigger than that you know uh, i'm not sure i mean i guess there's some developers maybe talking to that techno soft or the razor soft guy maybe. <laughs> it would be an interesting one uh just from a hilarity standpoint but as far as actual clout in this early game scene, I don't think you get bigger than Howie, really. Him and Gail, Gail Tilden. Mm. Uh, but yeah, Howie's even bigger than her just because of the fucking comics and stuff, though. So I don't know. Shall see. Uh, but yeah, also, also, we have Solar Jetman. There's a game up to do still. Did I mention that, Jay? <laughs> I think you may have. <laughs> Closing ads are all worth conversation. Tecmo's big brand ad with Ninja Gaiden 2 being the headliner. That's another one that's probably a game up worthy deal. We have Hard Driving that I keep touting up and then ultra has a new full pager for tmnt2 the arcade game that's a pretty cool ad it's got three pictures at the top it's got a tmnt arcade cabinet just kind of normal sitting there taking up most of the frame and then the same cabinet covered in mutagen ooze that's coming down from above which is very cool and then the next one is a relatively empty frame with just an nes box real small tiny in the middle of it of the TMNT2 arcade game. So the idea is that oh, Mutagen yeah. has turned it into this NES iteration of the game. So that's a, a fun marketing idea. And the headline reads, The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles have mutated again. And they are sure to mention that coupon for a free personal pan pizza from Pizza Hut even Woo! here at yeah. the bottom. For, uh, Can't forget that. Yeah. So that's that's uh, competing with Yonoid's Domino's coupon. coupon. <laughs> it's pretty fun. And this is another one that we haven't played yet, and I feel like might get discussed in the blessing, or sorry, game app debate that will occur after the next music break. Scene 3, Part 1, from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game, on the NES, which we will talk about in a little bit, but not okay. yet. That's called foreshadowing. And <laughs> the issue Power Meter Cume for this bad boy was a 76%, tying the first rating appearance in issue 15. So it's, uh, I guess, technically tied for the lowest. Both of them were the lowest. We've only had four Game Pro issues with these rating systems in them the two middle issues were some shit in the 80s so our rolling average so far is a 79.44 percent so ultimately that means below average <laughs> even though we have a small sample size for this issue but i find that interesting because i feel like this was an issue i mean i st I, ended, I had like seven especially if i impromptu go ahead and add ski or die to my my lot here. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I had quite a few that I started with and had to pare down to a, a four count, maybe five if we had Ski or Die. So I have plenty to talk about, but by all means, start us off with, I guess, TMNT2. 
since we already know that one. Uh, yeah, so that should be the nomination. But yeah, <laughs> the arcade game modeled after Secret of the Ooze. I mean, it's it's a great game. I would love to play that again on my Cowabunga collection on my Xbox. I would love to do that. Uh, yeah. Well, we'd have to we'd have to play that on Parsec. Is what we'd have to do. Well, I know, but I mean, I would also play that <laughs> sure, sure. there as well. But yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent would play that without even question. Uh, next would be Truxton. Yeah, I was, fly a I was going through, so I was kind of, you know, I, I was blowing through <laughs> the notes on the tail end of this, and that Genesis ad was kind of late that had it briefly mentioned there, and I like, I was like not gonna bother with those games because they're there it's the same ones every time, time. Yeah. and uh i saw that truxton was in there i was like i'll do it just for him i'll put it in there just, <laughs> for, just to remind him because i know if it, they're in the notes he'll bring it up so i'll do it just for that <laughs> absolutely and then third yeah roller games like i said finally got the hang of it and i was like i can't believe i went from like whatever to i could play this game and there was a lot of other games which you know were decent games which could be getting some attention. Okay. Okay. So I had a feeling that we wouldn't have any overlap this time. And that is why I chose this image behind me. This divisive. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what are these dragons? This, this very divisive representation here of what I anticipated this debate to be. Okay. Oh, I hear all that. I have also in line with this image, Double Dragon on the SMS. And I, I, I feel really strongly about this, dude. Wow. I, really, I really want to turn back the clock to get some SMS due. I really, really want to do this. I think it's fucking super fun. I think it's got a couch co-op deal. I think that's fun. I think... I think I also think it's kind of a simple game. So it's a nice breezy game up, which also is appealing to me. After it kind of NES play action was a fucking bear, I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I bet I have hard driving. I've kind of already stated my piece on that. I just think it's such an oddity that I think forcing you into it, you'll you'll have fun, and there'll just be so much fun shit to talk about. I have Arrow Flash since since I mean oh I have flying shmup. I don't know. I feel like we've done a lot of those lately. You have Truxton. I have this. I don't think I have a. I don't think I have a good argument to do this over Truxton. I'd rather just cancel. Of flying. Hey, hey Miyagi. <laughs> how about we don't listen to you snore? I see I start talking about flying schmups. Miyagi snores. That's my dog. <laughs> uh, so that's Rude. I have I have that here. I also have RC Pro M. This is another one. It's enough to turn back the clock that oh, I kinda okay. I kinda almost So different. I almost feel it accomplishes the same it's not, because like I said, SMS just doesn't get enough love. So and I think and, and I think Double Dragon Like I feel the fact that we haven't done any Double Dragon is crazy. It's like a seminal franchise in this era of gaming that we should have something see representing that, it that's my thing I and this love is the best double one dragon. you know me i love double dragon yeah. i disagree i love double dragon out of all i mean the, the best one of the, of the of the cornerstone okay, no, no, that's fair but like all of all the double dragon iterations versions systems the sms the, i mean Granted, that is not a version that I am familiar with. It's not the Atari one. It's not the NES. It's not the arcade one. So, I mean, I'm not opposed. It's weird. Think, it's a think, weird thing. <laughs> it's a weird choice. It's a weird choice. Yeah. It's. <laughs> dude, I'm telling you, if you want, if you want to envision it, just picture the arcade game. Because I mean, it's the sprites are a little smaller. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's actually an arcade game that I have a better understanding of than a lot of arcade games because that one was at, was at a roller rank, Starlight Triple T in uh, Grafton. Okay. So that was one I remember playing a decent amount 
it was one of the better like that and Spy Hunter and also Double Dribble. Funny enough, were the, the were arcade cabinets at that roller rink that I remember playing a decent amount of. Uh, probably Double Dragon out of most out of all of them. So I have like this very specific memory of Double Dragon. So like the sprites are a little bigger than they are in this SMS version. But other than that, dude, it feels exactly the same. And it's just Sega. Like Sega has, it just got, it has an arcade aesthetic to it. You know, that system does. So. All right. It, double Dragon. I mean, don't, I mean, okay. you're not, you, you, you can't twist my arm that hard for okay. Double Dragon. It's Double Dragon. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. I don't, I didn't even get to Skier Die. <laughs> Skier Die will be present. I, I, think we can, I think we can play that for fun later. I think that'll pop up again. I don't think it's even been in, in <sighs> Nintendo Power yet. And it's Konami. So you know they're going to give them some love. You know, we'll see that again for sure. Uh, so. That doesn't scare me either. Okay, cool. Double Dragon. That's easier than I thought. All right, great. So we will play Double Dragon for the Sega Master System and some serious turning back the clock shit next. And then we will turn our attention to Nintendo Power. Again, Sega's kind of on their fucking not uh, frequent enough shit yet. Uh, Sega Visions (laughs) 4 isn't until April of this year, so we have a couple of months. We'll be bouncing back between Game Pro and Nintendo Power exclusively. But we have Nintendo Power 21, the February 91 issue, coming at us next on the mag front. You can subscribe to the pod on the platform provided by whatever dumbest company that serves up your pottery. Please rate and leave positive shit for the pod on whatever platform you do listen to us on, or any other for that matter. And the website is nyhentertainment.com forward slash isohpod. You can email us directly at isohpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow the pod and banter with us on the Facebook page, the Instagram, the subreddit, and talk shit to us about our gameplay videos on the YouTube. The links to all those will be in the show notes. We do not have a Patreon, but if you like giving money to things that podcasters tell you to, and like do so at our direction, the Able Gamers Foundation creates custom gaming rigs with gamers with disabilities, or for gamers with disabilities, and that is cool as fuck. AbleGamers.org is where you can find them. T-shirts on the website. They're dope, and proceeds on those after product expenses go to Able Gamers. We're rocking them right now. Jay, tell us about your socials to interact with you on the interwebs. Gentleman JB without the second E, that is my gamer tag, and where you can find me when I'm posting. I am on Instagram, and my shape is broke. I'm on Twitter at Josh Follen, and my Oculus tag, if you want to meow, wolf, walkabout, and probably mop me up, <laughs> contrary to how I usually stand on my fucking walkabout uh, merit or capabilities, uh, you may find me at that handle. Okay, bye! Bye. That is the ultimate basketball on the NES. It's the game theme from that. Bringing us into our... Middle portion of this GamePro issue 18. And let's just try that again. That actually, in an actually good way. <clears throat> <laughs> in an actual good way. <laughs>